Anyway, sorry, Duncan, you're saying. Never start with so- sorry, Duncan, I'm saying. I always have to cut that out, Andy, goddammit. Now yeah, I have, have to cut, cut this out. out. No apologies. <laughs> we'll do an apology session after the podcast. Sorry, Duncan, I didn't realize you didn't you want to do that. I hope you don't have to cut this bit out. Too. Uh, sorry for talking over you, Andy, also, by the way, while we're just getting... That's okay. Whilst we're really airing it out, I'm, I'm sorry fine. for anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that joke's in, you can't cut it out, but Duncan... I can, and I will. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that, too, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I was actually going to say Andy had a really good point, but now uh, I think I, I, I pretend uh, that I was going to say, I think Ben has a really good point. Um, Fuck you. Welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton. With me today is Andy. I'm here with additional sound effects. Oh, God. <laughs> Duncan. I've, I've been waiting for so long to let you know that that's there. I can tell. I can. You're giddy. It's it's irresistible. I knew this was coming and I didn't tell anyone. I feel deep weighing guilt. Conspiracy <laughs> of Brits. Hi, everyone, by the way. <laughs> Jeff. Yellow. <laughs> And a surprise visit by John. Welcome back, John. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> Come on, where's the, where's the fanfare? Yeah, get that fanfare uh, button oh, working. Yeah, Andy. yeah, Andy. <laughs> oh, gross. Stinger. Anyway, Andy, Andy if, you turn, if you do that again, I'm going to turn back on the NVIDIA RTX eyes watching thing, so you'll have no choice but to stop. Anyway. We are covering the end of the fall 2022 anime season and the beginning of the winter 2023 anime season. This, at least the fall season, was one of the most watched shows at once for me and a lot of shows for a lot of people, too. So we're going to have a big list to get through in what I'm sure will be a timely and efficient fashion. Oh, yes, absolutely. We're very good at that. (laughs) Leaning right into it, let's go with Bochi the Rock. Yeah, no, um, I think I was really harsh on this when we started the original, like, thing. I was like, oh, why am I watching another fucking anime on the season jam-packed mm. of good, good shows? And uh, it turns out I was wrong, because fuck me, Watchy the Rock's incredible. Um, I really love the music, I really love... Well, hold on, though, what's it about? Because all I know is everyone loves it, and that's all Yeah, I we should probably it. be better about oh, sure. introducing titles and <laughs> premises. <laughs> yeah. uh, the story is about a girl um, called Hitori, who um, wants to become a... Uh, be in a band and become famous. So during her mid-school years, she becomes really good at the guitar, starts up a YouTube channel called Guitar Hero Man and uh, gets loads of views and then realizes that she hasn't actually spoken to anyone. She's become massively introverted. It's really sweet. It's really kind-hearted. Like the great things is like just, uh, I feel that there's a genuine understanding of like introvertedness. And I think they really like lock into that. There's also just some like great jokes where they, she talks about how, Bocci writes all the, the lyrics and they're really miserable lyrics but then they're sung by this really chipper chirpy girl and uh that's just kita kita yeah kita kita and that's just Kitara. really funny um and yeah it, it's it's good it it doesn't feel like it should be the breakaway hit given the fact that it's um an anime about a high school band um but it really is like not just because the story is good and the characters are lovely and um you know the 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 progression of Hitori is lovely, but also because of like the way that they use 
direction and mixed media. There's a lot of really great stuff where there's just like found footage of like looking at Hitori Bocci underneath a underneath a bench, uh, not a bench, a bush. And then there's like other bits where there's like a balloon that pops, like recycled animations of like live action stuff. It's fantastic. Uh, I really, really, really love it. And also the music is absolutely incredible. Um, I have been this, they've released an album recently, um, which has got like about 13 songs and it's just been on repeat in my house ever since it came out. Uh, I absolutely love it. Yeah, I I actually was finally, because of the internet's relentless prompting, finally just sat down one sat one Sunday and just binged up to like the second to last episode and then watched the premiere live. And yeah, I don't have a lot to say. This will be a, a running theme probably for this season. <laughs> um, it's it's very good. All the characters are fun, especially the like belligerent sake bassist uh, yeah. with the shark <laughs> teeth. Season of Shark Teeth Girls, yeah. Fall 2022. Yep. Um, and and yeah, the artistic creativity of the different mixed media reminds me of uh, early 2000s Gynax or mm-hmm. mid-2000s Shaft, like really just like paper craft and like bad poser CG and all sorts of just ways to like disrupt the reality of the interactions and kind of heighten the awkwardness of, of poor Bochi. And her <laughs> inability to make friends, despite being like an amazing guitarist. Yeah. So yeah, I I was glad that I jumped in at the end of the day. I think uh, Andy he mentioned like the the he wasn't sure how this became the, like the breakout hit. I think the, the simple fact is it became the breakout hit because you can take those moments and you can just make them into a gif and you can post them on Twitter. Yeah. And that's true. There's very few times you can take the appeal of the show and you can just render it down to like five, ten seconds, and Bocce's definitely something where that does work. And in some ways, that's, that's like, reminds me back to something like Nichiro. Like, uh, mm. like mm. I think, like, that's the la- a show which I think the last four coma, which had the same sort of visual um, playfulness to it, which uh, Bocce does. And um, it was really just great to see someone having the guts to go for it again and yeah it's yeah. it's great that it's paid off and everyone loves it i mean i'm reading the uh <clears throat> i've read the manga now well i'm up to date um, there's 30 chapters um so just because i really love i really love the show so i was like i want to see what happens next um and it is it is remarkable how much of a, how incredible an adaptation it is between the manga and the anime like the anime just like I said, it's a four coma and it doesn't really have a lot. Um, and it's really good. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely, absolutely adore it. Also, just like the small details in the animation. Like when they're playing, you've got like uh, Nijisaki, uh, like with the drummer, she's like tapping her feet to stay in time. Um, you have just like incredibly dynamic shots from which feels like a GoPro camera stuck on Bocci's guitar. Almost certainly um, uh, like rotoscoped. But it, it's lovely to see. Um, I think that's 3D. Is it I think it's 3D. 3D or is it yeah, 3D? Because it's, it's definitely I 3D. I don't think it is 3D. I don't get that. I bet you $5,000 it's 3D. I bet you $10,000 it's yeah. 3D. There's a lot of 3D in the band things. It's just, it's just the standard. And he has now. history of being right about rotoscoping, <laughs> rubbing it in your face. Yeah, he called us out when we were watching. Ah, oh, fuck it. Never mind. Perfect insider. 
perfect insider, insider. OP, yeah, that which he hated, which was a wrong opinion. But anyway, <laughs> no, correct. I I didn't hate the OP. I just hated the end of that show. Well, uh, mm, receipts are there that you hated. Say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at I the performance right now, Andy, and you are wrong. It's 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 a hundred percent CG. I'm looking at it right now. There's other bits. We don't have to dwell. On it. Yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching the GoPro thing, and you can definitely see the, like the weird cell shading change as she changes her hand. That's okay. Some, sure. Maybe it's maybe it's CGI rotoscoping. Who fucked the There will be other shows um, this season. We will will talk about which had heavy use of CGI just to do the lead work. And I think mm. we're finally, uh, we've, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but we are definitely finally at that point where CGI is becoming seamless. And it's probably, it's yeah. turning if out it's, to if be it's for used the better, judicious, I think it is. If it's used judiciously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about seamless, okay. but it's definitely not like eye cancer <laughs> anymore. <laughs> okay. Seams are still there. You just have to look for them. Like that, that's yeah. what sure we're at. sure, but also we're watching the best stuff. How how okay, many bad true, CGI true. shows? True. Well, we'll, 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 yeah. we'll get to that um, later. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely that's definitely going to come up with new automata. <laughs> but uh, speaking of similar to CG, this is also an example. I think there's a lot of adaptations this season and the next season, and I think Bochi is a great example of a transformative adaptation. While mm. Um, mm. part of the reason we have John on here is I think we have a, we have differences of opinion about like the super faithful adaptation that's becoming more and more the industry standard. As far as I feel, uh, a lot of shows are. I think that Bochi is is exceptional because it brings a lot of value to the adaptation rather than just seeing the manga turned into animation, yeah. so to speak. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about an, an adaptation that everyone loves, which is uh, Mob Psycho. Right. And it's season yeah. three, which I was mm -hmm. just amazing. I loved it. Absolutely loved this. It's in a, like, in a, this has been a season where there've been a, quite a few shows who have absolutely nailed their finales and Mot Psycho season three has just been a twelve episode fond farewell, and yet somehow yeah. still didn't feel like it was dragging out. And that that's, that that mm -hmm. takes a, a really steady hand and to pull mm -hmm. off. And I, I I loved it. It's just so good, so good, so good. Just I'm just gonna gush over this. It's, it's... I will say that I enjoyed Mob Psycho three. It was definitely the sort of the top one of the top things I was excited for this season. Um, but personally, for me, me I felt. I didn't hit the emotional high points that I felt season two had. I was really like invested with a lot of Mob's character progression in season two. And I felt that the point of season three is that he had progressed and now he's sort of living his sort of uh, like his yeah. Yeah. student youth, that, that you know, his spring youth or whatever um, that you expected. But I, I still feel that it didn't like the emotional bits didn't hit. And then when it got to at the end of the season with the Mob tornado, I was actually a bit bored. I was actually like, it felt like you started watching a Superman film. It was like, it doesn't matter. Mob, <laughs> Bob's, Mob's, in, Mob's in, invincible. He is an absolute invincible thing. And, and I felt that that's always going to be a problem when that thing turns bad. No, no, no. no. Um, I feel like if you're watching Mob Psycho 100 for the superpowers, you're missing well, the point. Yeah. yeah. I'm with John here, 100%. <laughs> the, the point is, is that um, it's not the superpowers that I'm watching. I, I like it because of the emotional engagement, but there is no emotional engagement when it's just a bunch of people running to Mob being like, Mob, you wake up. And then Mob obviously never doesn't wake up. And it feels like it's just like this weird peanuts gallery of people just going through the through the motions and then eating shit. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will agree with that. I think Mob Psycho 
100 season three is the weakest mob psycho season however that's mostly just a testament to how good the other two were i also agree that the whole season was pretty much devoted to like wrapping up all of the side characters like giving everybody a chance to shine having a nice little moment with them and the thing i love about mob is how it sort of leans into the idea that like godlike power like the primary benefit of it is that it permits you to be kind to other people and the like you know the the enemy to friend redemption arc that is like bog standard in all anime like it really hits well in mob in general and it's nice to see characters you know who were villains in previous uh seasons coming back and getting a chance to shine and showing a little bit more humanity and i thought the problem with the mob tornado at the end was mostly that they because they they sort of introduced the idea you know he has been suppressing his personality you know out of a desire to like because he's afraid of hurting people and you know then his like his like sort of old self takes over in a moment of trauma because he gets like hit by a car by accident and it gives his like sort of old self a chance to pop up again and that just kind of seemed like a really ham-handed like plot device to force this confrontation between like you know bound up sort of tied down mob and you know his you know his real self and in that like yeah like it took a long and it took like three episodes of him like walking slowly and like bouncing all of his friends around I think I got more of it than you did, but yeah, I, I agree that it was, it could have been better. Uh, I think the best, the best bit for me was when um, Inugawa, the uh, part of the UFO club, got abducted by the alien. Uh, that was like my best bit. That was the best bit when she he went to like an alien like colony. I think the the one thing I, I would push back on on is that season two was definitely about sort of an emotional breakthrough like uh, which is a very dramatic thing whereas the resolving of of these things can be a, a less dramatic but also a, a very important thing to do at its worst there were i think too many episodes given to side characters at times you could say it was a bit like at the end of lord of the rings where one by one everyone gets their goodbye everyone gets to sail off into the gray havens and that like for characters like um Hanazawa or Ritsu who we didn't really follow that much that didn't really feel that satisfying but for people like uh, Dimple or most importantly Reagan I thought it was it was just lovely to get Reagan the, the most shambolic running to the hit, hit like you say it was bad but I yeah. loved how shambolic it was how he's constantly tripping over sort of constantly sobbing constantly out of breath and it's like the mo most pathetic hero run ever and with typical yeah. mob animation which I, th I think because we've had two seasons of it, it it's we maybe don't praise it as much as it should do but it is kind of amazing that you get a style which is so expressive and also yeah. so readable at the same time like it's really difficult for people to balance those two you can end up with yeah, a bones is like absolutely like firing on all cylinders here yeah yeah completely i actually i mean i do think reagan's whole arc was the best like reagan is the secret main character of this <laughs> show and i i did really enjoy his uh contributions especially um 
confessing to Mob that he was actually a sham, but also kind of him confessing to himself hmm. that he's a sham and that he he actually doesn't know anything. And yeah, it that to me was like like you said that that felt like was a, it was a heavy emotional hit, but it it just just wrapped up in the Mob tornado that that was in it it it, it just didn't work for me. To me, if you cut out the Ritsu and the Hanzawa uh, uh, two episodes and it's suddenly a little bit shorter, then that probably works better. But I, I feel like maybe that's a, a case of uh, these two are in the, the the source material and we do have th- this number of episodes to fill, so they are going to get their full episode, which, as, as we talked about with Bocce, sometimes when things are adapted, we lose something in it. So Yeah. I think for fans of Mob, sorry to interrupt. I think for fans of Mob, um, the ending is really weak. I think it's been like the fans of the manga have already said, like, yeah, the ending doesn't end as well as people wanted it to end. Um, what so, do you want? <laughs> fans are upset about an ending. That's um, so surprising. No, you can get good endings. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the fact that Mob, like, mostly in this season, like you were saying, like, he had a big breakthrough in season two, and then a lot of season three is him just kind of overcorrecting, like, getting mm-hmm. a little bit too into himself, like, the dimple arc where he, like, decides to, you know, you know, maybe I am the greatest thing on Earth, maybe I should be the leader of this giant worldwide cult religion, and then figuring out that, oh, no, that's probably actually not a great idea, like, that, that, was, that was really fun, <laughs> and if that had happened closer to you know the final tornado maybe it would have felt more natural but yeah like the like the internal struggle being paired with the sort of like city destroying psychic tornado it felt kind of ham-handed and then sort of ended very abruptly at the end like in a way that i found satisfying but i could see why people would go against it isn't ham-handed kind of the whole point of everything though in that show comic i mean i didn't i haven't watched Mm. last season but i have read the full comic and that kind of is what it's all about is taking his small struggles and making them way 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 bigger to just sort of emphasize them yeah and the reverse as well like taking this huge conflict between this these psychic forces and it boiling down to just reagan going through the same thing having two sides of himself which are in conflict and like that like that's the line which sums it all up all reagan going to mob but like this doesn't make you special everyone has a side of themselves they struggle with and I think that that's mm-hmm. that's the the part of mob which everyone sort of fell in love with the the like the things like the um the body improvement club like this this sort of like thing which where he's just accepted into this group and like I think that acceptance is is the main message mob has as a as a show. Yeah, um, I mean I I agree with you there. I think that's very beautiful there, Duncan. But I would also just say going John to like what you were saying. I think you're right. But I, I just feel that it's like the same thing done like for the fourth or fifth time now. Like it's I don't know. Like, well, I mean, I, yeah, sure. But uh, <laughs> to me, that's kind of like complaining about gags in a gag show. Fair I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying which, which, which we it, will but, be but, doing but, later. Oh, sure. uh, <laughs> Stay tuned for Sayasura. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> but <laughs> final thought on Mob though is my uh, my favorite episode was the Torme episode where they went camping. Uh, and then they on New Year's Eve. Uh, that was really lovely, and it also looked like it was a completely different art style as well. Like it felt like the animation and art style was completely different on that, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, by far and away, the best episode. Um, mm, I'd say a different accent, but yeah, same difference. 
Different what so? Different accent to it. It's basically just saying the same thing, but saying it slightly differently. <laughs> uh, let's, let's keep different <laughs> yeah. accents to a minimum if we're trying to get quickly through this list, Duncan. Okay. <laughs> anyway, speaking of shows where it feels like they have a certain number of episodes to fill out, whether or not the adaptation <laughs> necessarily suits them. Uh, Jeff, you and I watched uh, the second season of Uzaki. Uh, yeah. Uzaki-chan wants to play double, which was the name of the second season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's in. You know, if the first season was about you know them slowly figuring out that uh, you know they're actually a couple, then this season is them refusing to do anything about that. Like both in terms of filling out time and in terms of where the characters are at, because. Uzaki convinces herself that, oh, I'm just sticking around because, you know, this big lunk, my senpai Sakurai, you know, he loves me. And if I leave him, you know, it's, you know, he'll be sad. And then Sakurai is like, if I, if I confess to her, then it'll be bad for some reason. Cause he like, you know, no, he actually, I'll be my dad. I'll turn to my dad. Oh yeah. Because worry. like showing if affection a to a woman, then that he's like his gross dad who loves his wife too much. And like, it's like what? it yeah it's it no yeah like don't try when, to understand Usaki, john even if you <laughs> like the show and you're willing to go along with it it's just like what why is this the conflict this is this sucks <laughs> yeah there there is a specific part of like i'd say about a third of the way through the anime where they do the whole rigmarole during the culture festival to finally just like force uzaki to realize uh, that that Sakurai has feelings for her, and the assumption that that will make her have feelings, realize her feelings for him, uh, and instead she's like, "Oh, this is so pathet- pathetic and so funny. I'll have to just keep doing it." And then nothing happens for six episodes, and they even go to a hot springs, which is an anime original episode, um, and that makes the ending where they literally stop short of in the manga, Sakurai confessing to Uzaki and them starting to date as boyfriend and girlfriend. They stop short of that. Because I guess anime writers and producers have convinced themselves that people like the the season long tease of any sort of romantic affection or intimacy, they've mistaken cause for effect. I guess you know that that sounds like that that sounds like um, and I I, don't, I haven't read the manga or watched season one because um, I didn't enjoy it. Um, well, no, but mostly because the jokes just fell flat and they over they overlabored the jokes and I was not in, I was bored, um, but. <clears throat> It feels to me like they, they did season one without expecting it to ever go anywhere and not get a second mm-hmm. season. So they ended it on a note where they were like, yeah, okay, that's a good note for if we don't ever get re-aired, then that's fine. And then they got re-aired and they're like, well, shit, now we're going to have to like fill it out. And then either they're going to save the confession for a movie or like the beginning of season three, maybe. Well, unfortunately, there's not enough manga to do a season three. So it's literally just like maybe five years down the line will get renewed again. And some desperate soul who's been holding on to on to Uzaki since 2022. Now in 2027, we can see how they end up together. Does it it end in a confession then? Is that how the manga? No, it ends. It ends the manga. The manga currently like it goes into how awkward it is for them to be dating because you know Sakurai is still kind of a loner and Uzaki is a bully. Um, but they the the anime adaptation stops with Sakurai realizing he needs to confess to Uzaki, and that's just the end. It's like he he decides like here are my feelings about her. I need to tell her them, 
end of show. So yeah. next, se- if we have a second season, either we're going to have more anime original shit to pad it out, or the first episode is going to be him confessing to her, which I'd be on board for. That would be a very different thing than, yeah. than well, most romance anime ever do, but it does not seem likely to me. I think that this is the end of Uzaki the anime, I probably. Mean, I mean, Game has had a confession mid-season. So you could get a mid-season confession and then sort of, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, it's, it is a shame because there was, I think Jeff can agree that there was a moment where it's like, holy shit, this is actually starting to like move really fast. Like everybody mm-hmm. in their life is like, these people need to start like really dating, not just being in denial about dating. They need to start really dating ASAP and like. We got a lot of movement. And then they start introducing Uzaki's family. Yeah. And then Sakurai has this whole subplot about working out that goes nowhere besides him meeting <laughs> her father by accident. It's yeah. it's very strange. I, yeah, it's, it's it mostly all happens just to inject a bunch of conflict where he like he accidentally finds out that Uzaki likes him and it's like, no fucking shit, you idiot. But like yeah. but he's like, but if I act on this now, it's like I'm cheating. But if I don't act on it, it's like, you know, right. if you know, if I cheating? don't take her seriously, then Exactly. Not, exactly. Not, cheating, not cheating romantically, cheating like in a oh, game. Yeah. Oh, right. Like it's, it's not fair for me to con- to admit that I like her when I know that sh- she likes me because that's, I don't know. I'd like, it's just manufactured conflict and drama to pad the season out. Like Ben was saying, like, yeah, it's just like one more little speed bump before they get to the inevitable. And it's frustrating as fuck. <laughs> I mean, it could be yeah. in an OVA. It, there could be an OVA in the last. There could be an OVA. Sure, um, like, I'll watch it probably. But <laughs> what, just like the confession OVA? That'd be great. I would. I, mean, I would be a fan. And and then maybe like the production value will look as good as a normal episode of anime instead of the garbage that they put out for this, because <laughs> it's not very well made. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's pretty. It's a pretty plain show, unfortunately. But here, well, but for a gag romance with good production values, I believe people were watching. <laughs> Yeah, it, speaking of good-looking shows that Ben still finds frustrating and are nominally about romance, there is the Urusei Yatsura reboot. Um, mm. As of now, we have 13 episodes. Uh, I, through Stockholm Syndrome, I became a big fan of the of the original <laughs> show, which I've watched like 70 episodes of, which is like a third of the show. So we'll see. Um I, I, this is about, just to quickly cover it, we're going to be good this time, <laughs> to quickly cover it. Um, this is about the world's scummiest teenage boy um, who, through a series of comical misunderstandings and hijinks, becomes engaged to a perfect wife alien girl named Lum Invader, who can also shock him whenever he cheats on her, which is constantly. This is not cheating in a game. This is cheating as in kissing another woman without her permission or knowledge. Uh, And the whole appeal of Urusei Yatsura, especially as far as I can tell with the new show, um, is this massive, massive, massive cast of characters, all of whom have their own little love, love triangle, like arrows and X's, and just like piling on, introducing Mendo, introducing Sakura the nurse, introducing... Ron introducing Ray, introducing her father, Lum's father and mother, introducing Ryunosuke, cross-dressing girl, which I can't believe that they're going to be doing that in the year of our Lord 2023, but we'll see. There'll, there will be discourse on Ryunosuke if it happens. Yeah. Um, and I like it. I don't actively dread having to watch it every week, <laughs> but I do. It does make me think a lot about the differences of an anime made in 1981 versus an anime made in 2022 and especially 
the original one in 1981 is just throwing shit at the walls. Like there are gags, they're ditched. Almost every episode ends with escalation that ends up in the house, the city, the world getting blown up, someone like getting knocked into space, just like, like crazy madcap slapstick. That's very typical. I think of eighties gag anime. Um, and I think that the 2022 one is much more about introducing characters, building long-term relationships or tensions and kind of introducing a single joke and building up towards it and really getting its like moment to moment humor out of extreme reactions. This is a show. Yeah. The 2022 one is a show that loves its reaction shots. God. So many reaction shots. Yep. And I think it's an, int- it, I've had a lot of trouble like enjoying it as much as the original. It's made me actually go back and watch a few more of the original episodes, which is nice. I need to get a kickstart on my, on my long delayed, like four year project to watch Urusei Yatsura, the original. Um, because like sometimes the gag that, that the new show chooses to build its entire uh, segment around its entire, like 11 minute segment, isn't that funny and doesn't have as good of a payoff or it does have a good payoff, but it was funny when it was, it was done in eight gags over four minutes and not 20 gags over 11 minutes. So I don't know. I will continue watching it, but I, it just makes me feel like a grumpy old man where I'm like, Oh, these kids (laughs) and their, and their David production and their hair highlights and their like screen tone reaction shots. I I don't know. I feel like an angry old man. When we watched it, Ben, you did sound like a grumpy old man. Because I was watching it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is quite good. I'm quite enjoying this." <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't hate this. I quite enjoy it. I love Lum's hair. Lum's hair is amazing. Uh, that is better than the original, no matter what you say. Um, but I would also like to say this is I feel the difference between a show that is just open ended and infinite, like you're on episode seventy and you're third through, between something that is a hard set twenty four episodes. Um, like uh, you can't forty six. Forty six actually. Oh, 46. 46. Okay. Even yeah. then, like, which is wild in this day and age, but still, yes, exactly yeah. your point. <laughs> but but even then, like you you and you know we might when all the characters get introduced, we might get some of these like more random madcap like let's just get a young director on to to fill an episode. Um, but they can't really do that now. They could do it back then when it was a show like Odyssey Yatsura that just lasted forever and everyone loved it and it was just never had an end in sight. Also, when seasons probably weren't existing, at least not to the degree that it does now, where we do a podcast every every three months to discuss yeah. them. Uh, so I feel that it's it's fine. I, I don't hate it. I'm enjoying it. I find it weird that the main guy is an absolute scumbag. Uh, like I, That cheating is his thing is a weird, like, hill to die on. <laughs> yeah, I... I think that there is the whole thing with like the scumbag protagonist that anime kind of loves like you wouldn't have a space dandy protagonist even in a the gaggiest comedy in america but but in japan like a guy who is just relentlessly faithless and a cheater and has no redeeming qualities although they i think the new anime is trying to push his the fact that he secretly loves lum to the fore a bit earlier but i will say like in the original show both his parents and most of his friends hate him and they and his parents have a refrain that's been completely absent from the new show, which is like, I wish I wish we'd never had him. They say that almost every episode in the Yeah, in- yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine when they 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 can fall back to those sort of more repetitive, like yeah. definite catchphrases, which I feel that yeah, again like anime's mm-hmm. kind of moved away from catchphrases. Also, just a thing on American sitcoms not being completely wholesome. Uh, always sunny is a terrible is full of terrible people. I was going to bring that up, but but it is kind of like a rare thing. 
much better. Yeah, and people the don't get it. The Office as well, right from the UK. People, well, that's that's UK, but like, yeah, <laughs> people don't get it's always sunny because they're like, why am I supposed? To, why am I watching these terrible people do things? I think that's what a lot of people ask about. Like, why are we watching Ataru? Like, he's awful. He's he's yeah, genuinely he just a. a absolutely scummy human being and especially now this far into the show like lum is wife goals besides horribly shocking atara but if you don't cheat on her she's not going to shock you with her electricity powers so just don't do that <laughs> it is wild how much best girl lum is and he doesn't fucking realize i think mm-hmm. you both have kind of touched it in that this feels like almost a failure of adaption of format rather than media like when we often talk about things which fail to be adapted well it's like oh they've they've took the manga and they've and they've just done it scene for scene and that's they've lost the pacing here it feels like they've took a show as andy said which literally knew it would run forever had all the time in the world didn't ever have to wor- worry about not redu- how many characters it was introducing and you've gone okay infinite into 42 that still doesn't work. Like it's it's it, no even forty though forty two is a big number. It's you still can't fit infinite into it easily. Although I I'm like you Andy. I love the, the what they've done with the color. I love Lum's hair is amazing. It, it's it, yeah. it's it's great. It's it's shiny gems, and it's got this really garish palette at times, and that that's good. It makes it unique. But when you throw that in alongside cast who are constantly shouting at themselves uh the fact that they're introducing a new character too often once or twice an episode it gets really overwhelming and really just noise rather than anything you can really take in and draw anything from and i've some some of the characters they've come up they've appeared and i've sort of registered them and then they've just disappeared again because we've never we never see them again they're, they're literally hello this is the this is the this is the romantic rival of the week and then uh, lum defeats the romantic rival of the week and they move on to the next week and ah, uh, it's, it's so frustrating that what ben seems to say the old show did of this exponential all turning the dial up to 11 and and just doing the most absurd thing impossible is something they seem to have abandoned because they're not getting continuity anyway so why are they so concerned about it just just go with it just make the joke as funny as you can don't care about the fact there's another episode coming next where you're going to introduce another character and confuse me even more yeah it's funny because there are a lot of episodes that are i think in whole or in part basically new stories but there's also elements that are often remixed from what i recognize as episodes i kind of wish but also i'm glad i don't know the the manga better i wish i did but i'm glad I, like, you, know, you know how yeah, it is yeah, like yeah, i don't yeah, want yeah. to have to have i want to don't want to have, have to have read the manga yeah because if if you're worried about anime filler there's gonna be tons of manga <laughs> yeah but uh but there is so it it it, it it's the question people asked at the beginning. It's the question I asked now of like, I don't really know who this is for because if you really like the old anime, this is going to be like that sort of weird, like spot the differences sort of shit. Um, or like the most recent episode, which has the crystal ball that like, if you look through, it shows who you're going to marry. Um, they kind of remix that episode around. 
and I think honestly make the mistake of telling you what the crystal orb is before you see everyone's reactions to it, as opposed to the humor of trying to figure out what it is as you see everyone. But nevertheless, like I like the period stuff. Do people want like a, a period eighties anime adaptation or is this for people who've never got is this like trigun stampede where it's for people who never got around to watching the original and now they can watch a slightly remixed new one i don't know but um yeah. it's not i, I don't, I don't want to sound like it's terrible it's just not as good the original as the original for me and i have no way of knowing if i had never watched 70 odd episodes of an anime if <laughs> if uh i would feel differently about about this one you're saying right you don't now. want to read 366 chapters of the manga no, I do not. <laughs> no, I do not. Um, I, I'd actually I, the other thing I really weird find weird about the like the setting that it is set in the eighties, but the opening has him on like mobile phones, and it's very much set in the future. I think it would have been more fun if they'd like moved it forwards to twenty twenty two and had more modern technologies, and those jokes would have been funnier because it it's the same sort of joke, but technology's moved on. Yeah, it'd be weird. Like, how does how does Ataru the like wannabe playboy scumbag look in 2022 like he doesn't exist in the hallways of most anime right. these days the, the joke <laughs> the joke that he's constantly on tinder would be fucking hilarious like uh, that would be really good they literally make a <laughs> tinder joke in the the op where they have him swiping yeah, through do. different uh where she's lums. swiping through lum. the op i think is funnier than a lot of the episodes <laughs> the op is incredible and Mason des the one of the, the uh artists who does the opening and the ending is one of been like a favorite of mine for a while and uh yeah the Yorosei Yatsura's songs are incredible um they really capture well, the theme of the show or the energy at least speaking of good OPs and EDs I guess uh Mobile Suit Gundam which for Mercury three of us have watched this yep. I apparently volunteered to do the introduction uh so <laughs> Yeah, last ep- last episode we talked about this, I had kind of surprised everybody that I binged it. That was my thing, apparently, this year, was to surprise binge <laughs> uh, a show someone else was really into. Um, this started out as basically, what if Utena was a Gundam? And it has uh, now revealed itself to be for real, though. What if Utena was a Gundam? Yes. What if the <laughs> dueling school is, is just the distraction from the hard-bitten, like war and genocide that Gundam usually engages with. Uh, we have a, a, our plucky young hero has been revealed to be uh, subject to a poisonous ideology and is now violent and psychotic. Um, and yeah, how does everybody think about this? <laughs> um, I think it started out really strong. I thought the sudden shift into like, you know, the joking, not joking. This is literally uh, Ursa or uh, Utena and then like quickly and then and then (laughs) and then justifying it and actually like landing it pretty well and like exploring the idea of this sort of like you know constructed and uh brittle social order that you know basically exists to suppress the existence of gundams because that would be too uh it would be too disruptive and then you know showing that like yes that was very good <laughs> reason to do yeah. that because it immediately starts happening as soon as the uh the aerial gundam shows up and starts winning all the duels and fucking up all of the social hierarchy yeah i think i said like the fact that delling the the seeming antagonist character um 
turns out to be correct in the, his broad strokes, but we ignored it because he was inflexible, autocratic, arrogant, and an openly bad father. It's mm-hmm. a nice touch. And I think in general, this is a Gundam that really does a good job of misleading people based on what they assume a Gundam is and what they assume will happen because of a, of a cute Dojiko girl who yeah. gets engaged to like uh, an Ojo-sama. And yeah. Yeah, it turns out war is bad despite cool robot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I think part of the fun of any new continuity is that the rules aren't set and so you can hide a lot of things in plain sight. And and this sh- if you go back and watch the the first episode or well t- episodes here as it, as they like to call the prologue etc cetera, etc. Cetera, um uh-huh. like it's it's stunning just how how it just puts it out there and we're going yeah Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, this doesn't seem like it's anything like Delling giving a speech where he like he just says, "Right, AI in warfare is bad because when you kill someone, you're taking a life, and that puts a burden on you. And if you take that decision out and and give it to an AI, that that suddenly becomes different. You're not. You don't have to take that burden upon yourself. You don't have to do anything. And then, literally minutes later, we have of a, a, a young girl who is essentially just getting to know her new robot friend going click 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 boom 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 three people are dead and <laughs> the fact that we essentially end back up there with someone just thinking i will use this piece of of technology to just eradicate someone almost effortlessly that shouldn't be easy um yeah, I, I don't want to quibble too much on like lore points, but <laughs> like the, the the problem that Delling had with Gundams is that in using them, like a normal human in a Gundam will be killed. At you know the the harder they use it, the more like feedback will happen, and it'll kill them. And they said you know a weapon should kill your enemy, you shouldn't kill yourself. Like you have to live with the consequences. And you know giving somebody like godlike power as a suicide bomber basically creates this incentive to have you know to you know basically send people out you know doped up on ideology and doing you know terrible things that they're never going to have to live with and i i always kind of read that as being sort of mostly like it was a put on to like suppress this technology in general and the fact that we have Saleta, you know who is the you know the child in the prologue grown up and is basically like genetically bred to not experience that feedback you know at first it's like oh they've solved the problem and then you know in a very very late season reveal reveal you know show that oh maybe this is actually a problem that this person is able to like eradicate people without consequence you know psychically morally or physically we we can we could quibble over delling's speech for a while but but i think yeah that uh, there's i think it was ben just now uh, used an important word which is is ideology and i think like what maybe distinguishes this from other gundam shows is that normally hero has like some unwritten code like he's just i'm i'm going to fight i'm going to be the best and but i won't cross this line but soeta has an ideology it's her mon her mum has a sort of outline for her that like it's so important to like take a step forward that you shouldn't be thinking about the consequences like retreat is, is defeat almost and like yeah. you should always be going forward 
And yet that is certainly something which has an effect. Well, yeah, it's it's a show in a lot of ways about like the conflation of of like institutional authority and parental authority because we have we have three major parent figures. We have um, the Jitterk and like grasping, upwardly mobile dad. We have Delling, who is haughty and uninterested in his daughter. And then we have a supportive mother figure who ends up being the Char character and who ends up having brainwashed her daughter, parentheses question mark, to to be a killer in the way that neither um, Minorine or, uh, I can't remember the the Sionji character's name, uh, <laughs> Just refer to them by their Ujina character archetypes. Yeah. What's his name? The son of the son of the Jeturk guy. Like, like they raised like decent people, and meanwhile, the, the the mother we thought was nurturing and the character we thought was a good person. We're we're tempted to like look beyond how people act um, to what the effects of their actions are, and I think that is a very Gundam thing. Of even if they're uh, they're executing it differently, using different tropes borrowed from different genres and different landmark shows. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see if they go into Prospera, who is, as you say, the Char equivalent yeah. a bit more, because like Char's looms so large in the in the original Gundam series, and and that, that they even did like one of their anniversary shows was to basically do his origin, like to to center a show uh-huh. around him because he's such a fan favorite. And for her to have just been sitting in the the background, softly manipulating this to be the way. She wants like that's 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 a different kind of antagonist than we normally have, and I'm not saying I particularly love her her, her performance because it's uh, Noto Mamako, but it does help that we have this extremely <laughs> extremely uh, appealing uh, soft voice. Like this, this is definitely a, a voice which, when it tells you to uh, go slap that person with your giant robot, you'll go yes, ma'am, and I feel like there's going to be revelations like we've we've been as it's gone along we've been sort of revealed more and more things and that in exploring her i hope we we get to actually look at how this sort of ideology is formed rather than just it being a thing which magically occurs and makes her a villain well, i i do think that there is based on like the delling and cathedra and the prohibition on gundams and the benoit group or whatever it's called um we have this I think the, the the geopolitics of the show are very much um, that disadvantaged Earth was trying to build Gundams to force a war that where they could extract advantages from the Spacians who were who were and remain the dominant uh, like political actors in the solar system, mm. and so I do think that we're going to have to like you know find out what what her objectives are yeah. <laughs> as if we're going to advance the like if we're going to like see how the politics came to be here and where they develop hence i think that since she is she is literally the one throwing bombs in the shape of her daughter and her robot into this infrastructure like we will have to know what she's doing i don't think that like an unknowable uh arsonist mm. antagonist is something that this show seems inclined to to introduce yeah. it's it's interesting because as you say it's earth as the insurgent and the, the spacians as the uh, status quo which is the opposite of of gundam's traditional um storyline no, no you don't think so <laughs> no no it's it is true no it is traditionally the earth gets annihilated and 
like space goons are the people who are the the principal antagonist. That's that's the that's the classic arrangement. I don't know the EFF versus Zeon. Like EFF is Earth, right? Yeah. So that's that's, that's, that's that's Earth has a complicated status in in Gundam, which I I think is very much due to its debt to mid century sci fi. But um, we'll see. We have a lot more. Speaking of another show that we have a whole another season to see how it shapes up, um, <laughs> and if it gets into a different rhythm or different sort of yeah, we'll see. Are you talking about Chainsaw Man? No, I was talking about Gundam, but oh but right, okay. you can't. We can talk about Chainsaw Man. Does it get another season? I mean, if you're looking at the internet, apparently people want them to redo season one. <laughs> but didn't that, that didn't that, they do a, a someone made a a, 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 pe- petition. a a petition? Someone made a petition and it got something ridiculously low, like four thousand signatures. Two thousand, two thousand yeah. signatures to reanimate Chainsaw they, Man to make yeah. it more like the manga. That that yeah. was that was what I was referencing. Correct. Thank you. Yeah, they they petitioned that they wanted it redone, which I think is insane because uh, yeah. I think Chainsaw Man is like definitely the best thing this season um <laughs> i expectedly incredible um i really i really love chainsaw man i think it's really 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 good and not just because um it's a shonen show uh but i i feel that there's some really great characters development some really lovable sweet characters um, and then some pretty shocking moments nope, that happened. No, nope. going to push that... back hard on that. I let you have this <laughs> quiet last no, episode. Go ahead. Not go shocking ahead. at all. You don't think that was a shocking scene? No, then? not in the slightest. Are any of the There's four... nothing surprising that happens in Chainsaw Man. Like Andy, like are yeah. any? We have four main characters. Are any of them dead or disabled at this point? Um, there was one part where someone was going to die. Was going to die. Yeah, okay. I will. I will. I will. Where does the anime end? I'm curious because I've read. Uh, the anime the ends at the end of the uh, Katana Man arc, so they just arrested or killed the Katana guy. I will say this: that the scene where there's like a bunch of assassinations is quite well done. I feel it was like quiet and and you weren't expecting it. The thing. I really liked is that if you think back to stuff like Full Metal Alchemist, where they say, oh, you're a dog to the machine, you're a nothing, you're a nobody, you're, people don't last long in this. And it feels like an empty threat. Whilst it felt like it was an empty threat up to that point. And then you're like, okay, no, there is actual people dying and there are actual consequences to the things that they do. Uh, I, I thought it was very powerful. I, I actually think like every episode I get something out of it. Um, and it's usually something different. I, I really love this show. I think the animation's beautiful. Um, the direction's gorgeous. The lighting's great. Um, the way that the camera work is so like dynamic and playful, I think it's lovely. Especially like the first time you meet Power and it feels like she knocks over the camera just by opening the door and then steps over the camera. Like That's insane. That was such good camera work and direction that I absolutely loved. Um, on top of sort of like the weird stuff that they go into the hotel like i like the way that that was all done like the slow uh insanity of that happened uh, especially with kubemi um i and then i like the mystery the mystery elements that are happening that maybe are not so like unheard of but the especially the stuff of like makima especially i i really liked and i thought it was very interesting to see where that's gonna go um yeah on top of that like Despite all this sort of sad stuff coming, like Aki's, um, Aki's like uh, mentor dying, 
that is the big like emotional crux of the first season like that is i felt done very well and especially then when aki had to just deal with the fallout of having to like have this uh you know have her her sister come in and try and deal with all of that aftermath i thought was really touching um and yeah i, I absolutely loved it this this is just because I I'm in a very unique position with your feelings on Chainsaw Man in that I've I've sat down and I've I've edited it while listening to you talk them and it's striking to me <laughs> how what you have said now is absolutely no different from what you said last time and I don't mean that as a, as a, a, a an insult but it's Guess what my feelings haven't changed I, okay <laughs> and, but should. The, should an arc of a season not like introduce something new make you feel something different like i i think it's like, a wonderful looking show absolutely amazing looking that people who've made this petition about it are absolute idiots it's stunning technically amazing but i felt that after three episodes and i feel that, that after a season like it it like it just hasn't made me feel like Makima started out as a mystery. She's still a mystery. Um, then none of them, I don't feel like there's been any growth to any of them. Like I, I disagree. <laughs> uh, because the, the whole point with Makima is that she is a mystery. You, you see her, you see bits of that unraveling. I personally genuinely get small things that I, I enjoy moment to moment that isn't just the direction like i really enjoy the episode where um you know denji gets to cop a feel of power and then feel nothing and get confused like, i really enjoyed that that's something that i feel that most shonen shows won't even want to address um the idea that you know you just just feeling a boob and having sexual excitement is is not as satisfying as actually having an emotional connection with someone and I thought that it was a it was a it was a story that's something that is obvious for us, but the way that it was addressed, I thought was really good. Um, and the way that Makima then had her power sort of like drenched into Denji, I thought was really strong too. Um, yeah. I don't just get animation out of Chainsaw Man. I think there's a lot more in there, a lot more subtle things that I really enjoy. All of your complaints will be addressed in a second season, for the record. Yeah, yeah, like the for a show called Chainsaw Man, it is shockingly about Chainsaw Man and Denji in particular. He starts off as, you know, basically, you know, a severe abuse survivor. He's had no like socialization basically, and he's very slowly sort of grasping like the basics of human interaction. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I've, I've said it every episode. I will continue to say it every episode, but all anime is about the importance of human bonds and Chainsaw Man's strength, you know, above and beyond its action and its creative like character designs and everything else is that it's very interested in developing this trio of badly damaged people who very slowly start forming like, you know, a found family and, then also introducing the idea that, like, you know, Makima at first, you know, is somewhat, you know, she seems too good to be true. And, you know, her menace just kind of increases exponentially as the season progresses. You get a better sense of, like, what it means in this world to be a devil hunter. But that is all sort of, like, 
in the background to these three characters sort of figuring out what it means to be a person and what it means to care about somebody else. And I think in that way, Chainsaw Man is very successful. I think like, you know, as with a lot of other series, you know, that are good and are based on good source material, like it's hurt as an anime by being too faithful to the manga. And, you know, even though like, you know, idiot fans are like, Oh, this particular panel wasn't done right i i hate it and it's like fuck off like <laughs> these people are working very hard to make you happy so i don't give a shit about what <laughs> you think but like i think it does does hurt it a little bit as an anime because it moves a little bit slowly and i think like the the conventions of it you know ending on the like i mean like it, it makes sense for it to end on the katana man fight because they are getting revenge for the people that denji killed in the first episode so like if you go back and look at it, you're like, oh, okay, this actually wraps up nicely. But it doesn't feel that way in the series because in the manga, like those guys are an afterthought and you're kind of in the middle of the actual story that you're interested in. And for the mm -hmm. season to end on that, you're like, oh, I want to see more of this. I don't really care about these Yakuza guys. They were jokers anyways. I would say that like, as far as the manga adaption goes, I feel that they do actually cut out a bit of, especially at the beginning. Like they remember when, he fights a muscle monster. Like mm. they cut that out because that was dumb. Um, like there, there is there is some nice uh, sort of like streamlining of the manga, which that's insane to me because my problem with the manga is that there's nothing happens. <laughs> like it, it, there's just not enough of anything. It, it's just like event after event after event with, but none of it has any meaning. Fair and now you're saying it's good that they just cut bits out and make it shorter. I don't know. I I liked I mean I I like the the well they they then they're getting the meaning part as opposed to just sort of what meaning there's, there's quite a lot of meaning man I don't I don't Which know what is? to say like there's <laughs> what's the meaning of Chainsaw Man then Andy do tell I already I already told you it's the same as every other anime <laughs> human bonds human bonds yeah I would also say one last like my the the standout scene to me I felt was. Um, seeing Aki's backstory and the way that all went into one like continuous shot from like him watching the TV to then him like focusing away from the TV out watching his family then going out with his like kid who doesn't want to and then like gunman like killing and blowing up his whole family like that to me was like you're talking about shocking moments that was really shocking to me and really fucking well done and really powerful I absolutely love that scene uh, I think that is like the best thing that Chainsaw Man has done. Anyway, moving on. So anyways, about, uh, speaking of really good looking shows about building a human bonds, we also were <laughs> watching <laughs> DIY. Oh yeah, DIY. I barked that I have a lot to say about this, but I, I it's nice. It's a yeah. beautiful anime throughout. Yeah. It Nothing really happens. I liked it. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a story about... Uh, a lazy girl and a uptight girl and they build a treehouse and learn to yep. reconnect uh, and not to be so mad at each other for childhood promises that one feels the other has broken the end. Yep. <laughs> I would say that mids really, uh, I, I love Putin. She was my favorite character, but mids got really annoyed by her throughout the whole show. Cause she was like, why is she such a dick? And then when they revealed it, she was like, but why is she now so dere? Like she was, it was. I think she just was annoyed that there's she, this thing called soon dere where you have to be yeah. soon and then later you're dere. I know, but like <laughs> I, I think I agree. I I loved it, but I think Vince's thing was like 
it's Olsen and then Dede. And it's like, usually there's a mixture of both uh, throughout. But I, I loved, I loved, I loved Pudding. Also, you don't understand her son. And I think that really wound her up. Like, you really got to <laughs> like, like, why is she such a dick to, <laughs> to Serifu? Um, yeah, it was fun. The but, opening. but I always, I always appreciate that in the opening. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. you see them like holding hands and dancing. So like the promise of the show is that they're going to, they're going to reconcile. And I think that's honestly the, the main emotional arc. Although there's this whole plot about them getting all their wood stolen and having to like have the whole neighborhood give mm-hmm. them woods, so they can build a house, but it's about them building that bench and sitting together again. That's the end point of the show. And I'm glad that it got there, even if it was kind of a little predictable, we don't, we can use some predictable stuff, I guess. Yeah, no, nothing wrong with predictable. It's especially in this sort of healing show. It's actually quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I will also like to say that I was right. Um, said like Putin did not join the club until the very end, which is what I said when <laughs> you were like, she's going to join fifth episode, and I was like, no. Nah. Well, I was wondering if they're going to have like a bigger plot, but like the big plot is that the their club advisor uh, forgot to file some paperwork, and so they got like horribly fucked over, and that's that's the plot that happens. I, is that like? Yeah, I liked it. And it was it yeah. was nice that they didn't actually save the club. That the, yeah, it, it, that's in the end. They're like, oh well, that doesn't really matter as long as we can still make our things and and hang out and be friends. And that's just kind of like yeah. maybe you forgot, but like then two people came at the very last second. Yeah, and then said, two people walk in and be like, oh hey, is this club still going? <laughs> so. Yeah, I didn't get the impression they were interested in the club at all. I just got the impression that they just wanted to see the treehouse. Well, maybe it's ambiguous. I didn't find it that ambiguous, but I do think it, it is a show ultimately about how like it is about the journey and it's about having made something, which mm. I think is is much nicer to have a show about that. While being a show about you know the importance of human bonds, is also a show about how like if you accomplish something, that thing is real, and you don't need to like. Hmm. save the club or go to the fancy school that completely envelops your cheap shitty school or anything else hmm. uh i'm said that kind of the unreality of the near future setting kind of faded away by the end of the show they kind of it felt like they kind of forgot that they were making a show that was set in like 2035 or something i was i was half waiting for the twist there'd be like a mega twist at the end where all electricity <laughs> dies and all of a sudden they are the last <laughs> people who can survive the world because they're the only ones who can build a hmm a house or make a, a fucking necklace using poly resin. <laughs> I, I know it's a, a f- phrase which gets bandied about, but the whole um, uh, like repair, reuse, recycle all thing. Like, yeah. I feel like this is a show which very much is like showing like that. You can just like have that as something which is just part of what you do. Like it doesn't have to be like a, a big, um up upper layer of society thing it's just how you live your life it's just by um using things and mm, just treating things with care like it's and and not assuming that there will always be more and like i think th- like the yeah. fact that they mm-hmm. dismantled the old clubhouse was is and aren't sentimental about it was was really was yeah. actually really sweet as like, like yeah. having the advisor who was part of that club being like yeah this is good like the thing we, we made is is gave had meaning to us and now it's having a different meaning to someone else like that was that was really different because like it's, it's there's all 
one of the cliches around the saving the club thing is always that they'll have the old advisor who who sort of like tasks them with saving this this club before she leaves to go on to to college and here like the advisor has left she's in a job now and she just wants them to find their own thing and it's really sweet and nice yeah i i agree i, I thought that was a really sweet little little touch but also we'll probably forget about it in like five ten years time I won't forget that first episode. That first episode had so many like Sakuga moments that yeah. I that I really <laughs> her falling off the bike. Oh, that uh, was good. That sort of stuff. Yeah, it's good shit. Yeah, it, it's yeah, good. like it's it's top three like best looking shows in a season with Mob and Gundam Witch and Chainsaw Man and <laughs> Bochi. Yeah. Oh, three? Like it's, really? I would I would say so. I would mm. argue. Yeah, in term in nah. terms of like art, in terms of powerful art direction, strong char- strong instantly recognizable character designs that don't just rely on hair color. Like I I enjoyed it. I know you hated Jobco, so you're just tainted forever. <laughs> I, I I I warmed up to Jobco at the end. <laughs> you wanted her to die when you when she first got introduced. Correct. She she <laughs> fucking wound me up. <laughs> and. You know, to cap off what we were talking about last episode about Akiba Made War, at the time I had declared that it was the best anime of the season after watching nine of the 12 episodes. And I just want to say that I am right. And it's a very good show. I love the ending. Uh, They kind of, they it's it's one of those endings where, you know, it's it's like a, you know, one of those classic mobster movies where the last shot is just, you know, the bad guy getting theirs and it's just boom credits and they kind of, Oh, so there are bad guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, so for, you know, for the benefit of the the people who this is their first episode, um, I'll keep it made war is a sort of goofy send up of Yakuza. Okay. Well, see, why did you never tell me that? Nobody told me that, that you're killing me, John. We're trying to go quickly. (laughs) You said I can say whatever I want. That's fair. I know. And just like Andy, y'all punish me so promptly. I'm sorry, Jeff. <laughs> Continue. So yeah. Anyway, Akiba Made War posits, you know, what if organized crime arose in Akihabara instead of Camarocho or whatever the real name is, uh, not from the video games. <laughs> Kabukicho. Kabukicho. Anyways. Uh, and it's about, you know, these two, like, you know, rival gangs of maid cafes, you know, doing real crime to each other, but also everything is sort of like maid flavored. And the the two uh, families, more or less, you know, there is like the alien themed maid cafes and the animal themed maid cafes. And we are following like the like the pig cafe and, you know, like the oinky doink cafe. And, you know, there's, you know, the character who's in their late thirties, who just got out of jail because of like, uh, you know, being involved in a murder with, you know, one of the previous higher ups. And, you know, she's basically Kiryu Kazuma. Um, the, you know, the main character is sort of this, uh, you know, new, you know, new girl in from the Inaka who just wants to be a maid because she thinks they're wonderful and cute and didn't realize that there was going to be all the murder happening. And it's, this, you know, again, a found family working together to, you know, survive in this like rough and tumble world of maids. You know, it ends with the big boss maid coming to crush the uh, coming to crush the the Oink Doink Cafe. Uh, 
they win over all of their hearts with their how cute and wonderful they are at being maids and then the big maid sort of like blows away the main character and then her own like soldiers turn on her and you know the 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 last actual shot of the season is her getting blown away by all of her people and then also having a bamboo spear thrown through her chest because there's also another character who is just in a, a panda costume for good reasons you know that's it's justified but just the the way they like the like the artistry of it is just them doing everything entirely seriously mm, but yeah but showcasing it you know all of you know everything in very silly you know just just showcasing all the things that are very silly but doing it all very seriously like it's like the you know in the yakuza games you have your very sort of like you know kind of straight laced like yakuza story and then you have all your like goofy side stories where he's like getting involved in like hostess clubs and like ricing toy cars with children and it's like if you took all the side story like like energy and put that into like the main story and had played it all completely straight and i loved it i thought it looked great i love the characters i love the performances i i still think it was the best show of last season if not last year i haven't seen a single second of it and i agree it's the best show (laughs) if you you hadn't played yakuza jeff would you have liked it half as much um i mean i haven't and i do it's impossible for me to say honestly like (laughs) It's the kind of thing that I like anyways, like, the, you know, it's for the same reason why I like Yakuza, but having mm-hmm. like, like seeing those parallels, I think sort of like prepared me mentally for what I was watching. Like the first episode, I think is a little bit more madcap because they have like, you know, a, yeah. <laughs> a gunfight done in time to like, you know, doing a, a made dance and they, they kind of pull back from that a little bit in subsequent episodes, but it kind of like it sort of like goes really hard in the beginning to sort of get you the idea that, you know, we are being stupid and we are also being hardcore at the same time. So get ready for that, idiots. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm going to come in. I haven't seen all of it. I only saw four episodes, but um, what the four episodes I watched, I thought it was thoroughly boring. Um, I really did not enjoy Akiba Made War at all. I thought that it was... Um, I was sort of like watching it and then I was like, this all feels really familiar. Like every episode they get into a tight spot, then they solve their problems by blowing it up and then they're exactly the same spot that they were when they started. And then I was like, oh, wait, yeah, of course this is familiar. This is this is everything I've seen before in Zombieland Saga, in Uma Musume. And you know what? I don't think they did it as well in like I thought, I thought Zombieland Saga was better. I thought Uma Musume was better. I just, I thoroughly was unimpressed by the <laughs> show, and I just thought it was so derivative of other worlds. How many hits are there, are there in Zombieland Saga, Andy? Well, none. But it's not it's not about the body count. It's about the way that it is presented and the way that disagree the characters... hard disagree love killing people. <laughs> <laughs> To me, it's the way the show is shot, presented, and the way the characters are are, are there and exist. Like, it, sure, there is now a body count and there is now guns, but it's still the point still remains. Like, it's just not for me interesting or fun. I I really bounced off this hard, and I don't like it. 
I only have one question, and that's how with fan service is it so I can mentally prepare myself for when I Um It's not it's not very there's no panty shots, there's no like leering cameras, there's no lucky perverts or anything like that. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I will say that like like I, like the fucking Russian character who came in, I was like Well says a Russian character. Like it it's I I was just I was just done with it by the fourth episode <laughs> and I don't think I'll come back. That means you didn't make it to the baseball ep- episode, Andy. And that everyone knows that's Again, the best. There's a baseball I, I, it's derivative. It's not it's not for an animation studio called Progressive Animation Works. It's not progressive. It's very derivative of everything that's happened to the point where I feel it's just like a formulaic man- animated original it's a thing where they've gone like we know how to make what people consider popular kind of like a marvel movie of anime <laughs> i really didn't oh, okay. i no. really didn't like no, it no. Uh, i can't like this is not a marvel movie of a- anime and like i can't oh no no oh it no, is that's... and so you is buddy daddy finished the damn thing <laughs> you, can't, you can't make I, that sweeping statement after four episodes of it <laughs> because after four episodes if i'm that's not... one more that's one more than that's one more than shows usually get from Andy for. Yeah, if so. if, if four episodes, I'm not invested. Then okay, you can say wrong. I don't like it, but you can't say it's a Marvel I don't like movie. It. I can, I can, I can say it's exactly a Marvel movie of anime. Which Marvel but, movie? Any of all right. So, anyways, catch us in 2030 when this turns out to be the Flowers of Evil of the 2020s. And... <laughs> oh God, are we doing this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be right above Spy Family season two. Akiba Maid will be forgotten about by the time we do our tw- <laughs> top 10 anime of 20. Uh, I mean, it was forgotten about already. Like, I think me and like Karma Burn are the only people on earth who like this show. Mm. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, no, because you've got Duncan as well, who also liked it. I've, I've seen a lot of people like it. It's a popular show. I just don't understand why. And I maintain that it's. You're, not you good. really don't like derivative stuff, though. Like, it, it can't be like riffing on this. It's, it, it makes me wonder if you were to watch the original Urusayatsu and then watch the reboot, you'd be like, this is just like updating it for for 40 years later what's the point but that's fine because it's still got it's got the original adaptation this is an original show (laughs) trying to do something original but it's not original it just feels like it's something that i've seen like uh, 20 fucking times it's a comedic comedic pastiche is what it is (laughs) bullshit is what it is moving on spy family season two we're not let's go moving on literally i haven't had a (laughs) chance to say my one thing about this and andy's just had a 10 minute rant about how it's crap (laughs) it is continue andy is the most talkative person on the show according to according to stats so. so very quickly um the one thing which made the show for me was the final two episodes. Like it completely changed its tone and went from being, as Andy said, madcap and derivative into having a extremely sincere episode where uh, it does the a pastiche, as as Ben would point out, of um, the classic um, for, for falling in love with the wrong person, and it ends that quite shockingly. And like, then going from just being happy and and dumb stuff to a really shocking character death was for me like one of the most upsetting moments of the season. And I didn't see it coming and it was very sad. And I think that that's 
far more than any of the the death like andy this is just a personal thing like for, for you the, the deaths in, in chainsaw man were really affecting they just didn't hit with me and and in this this the death in 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 this show really hit and i, I can't really tell you why that happened but it it was i was genuinely sad to see the end of this this character yeah I mean, that's that's great. I'm glad it got that reaction. But also you're saying, like, I haven't watched it all. But if I'm not enjoying it for episodes in, I'm not I'm not Ben. I'm just going to stop watching something. So I just fucking stop watching it. Like, if it hasn't got my attention in four episodes, I'm not going to stay around and watch more of something I'm not enjoying. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of things I stopped watching because I wasn't enjoying it. Spy Family season two. Spy Family season two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm genuinely happy that it did affect people. You, Duncan, it's clearly got a lot of people because it's very popular, and I know. This I'm... is why we're a strong. It's why we're a strong podcast board because we can have and maintain different opinions about the anime we watch. If we all agreed on everything, it would just be the Anime News Network review. So <laughs> we don't need that. Sorry, Anime News Network. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but yes. Uh, Oh God, John! Do you want to introduce this, or I'll do it for you if you don't feel like it? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm, I didn't watch anime for years, and then I finally watched one called Spy X Family. We don't do the it's X. Pretty good, John. Come on, it's huh? just Spy Family. There's no X in. No, it's, 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 it's Spy there's Fam. There's X in there. It's Spy X Family. No, it's not. It's um, not Hunter X Hunter. It's not Rosario plus Vampire. It's just Hunter Hunter. Spy Cross <laughs> family. family. Spy um, Family. Servant Servant Love Service. Spy versus <laughs> Family. <laughs> Spy times uh, family. Yeah. <laughs> Equals. We make this joke every episode. What's wrong with us? No, we don't. Not until John's coming because we've never done the X. No, spy we, family. we literally did. We, we did. Have. You, you, we, you corrected me and I called it Spamly. It's the, it's the title of a, a two episodes ago. We did Spamly. I uh, hadn't watched anime for years and then I got drunk and I was like, I'm going to watch anime. And I watched a couple episodes of Spy Family and it was pretty good. And then I kept watching it. And it stayed good. And I was really curious when it was going to get bad because I just remember, like, not just you people, but, like, so many people around me are like, yeah, it just gets real bad by the end. I'm like, when? And I kept watching, when? And it's like, oh, it's the tennis episodes are the worst. And then I got there and it was like, when? This is going to get bad. Like, it, it was not... Episode 5 was definitely the highlight. That's the one where Yor gets kidnapped. Uh, or fake kidnapped. Yeah. Or, sorry, no, not Yor. Anya gets Anya. fake kidnapped. Yor, and then Yor yeah. and... Void fight and etc. Whatever. Anyway, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> nothing ever beat that episode, and that's fair. But it didn't really go downhill into a valley of despair either. It was just good the whole time. I think, based on what I've been hearing, I think what happened is that it came out during a time when there were just a lot of other better shows, and so it got kind of like ignored or even got a worse rep as a result. I don't know. It's weird for me. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I, I was just, uh, I mean, like, I do think it's, it's, I can't help but wonder if this show, I've been able to binge it, because that's what you did, and I think that watching half the show, waiting for the next season, watching the other half, we come back with Bond, the, like, the long plot to get the three-episode arc to get the dog, and then we have a bunch of filler stuff, and then we have the, the tennis tournament arc, which is two episodes, and it's just kind of like, I don't know, like... I expected more slice of lifey, but with spy flavoring stuff and like continue to introduce these characters who don't really affect 
the outcome of the main plot and the main plot goes nowhere. And in fact, they make jokes about how the main plot goes nowhere. I wouldn't say I disliked it, even though I dunked on it a bunch in the last episode. Um, But that's because it's an easy joke. Uh, But I do think it just, it kind of suddenly lost a lot of momentum for me. And maybe that's more noticeable when you're watching one episode a week rather than when you're watching five in a night. Um, yeah. because Everything's I think it's better when you binge it because then you don't have to wait. And you don't well, especially, yeah, if, you, if you're like, okay, well, I hope they're going to wrap this up next episode. Then you watch next episode and you're like, oh, no, they're not going to wrap this up <laughs> next episode. They're going to wrap this up the episode after. And so you've just like mapped out the next three weeks of anime watching and it kind of weighs on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I, I completely get what you're saying and I agree uh, that that can be a problem. But what's funny is that I also heard the opposite complaint, which is that it stopped being about bigger events and started being like little slices, you know, like like, it was multiple events in a single episode. You know what I mean? No, I, I know what you mean. I, what you mean exactly. But I think that like for me, Spy Family is the best when it is just perfectly normal everyday stuff. But you have a psychic and assassin and a spy all giving their own internal opinions of what's going on that are just nuts and irreconcilable. And like calling introducing a jealous co-worker and calling Lloyd away to his job and having to stop a terrorist bomb plot with like super genius doll. Like it, 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 I know that like for some people, that's the exciting thing is when big things happen, but I kind of wanted this to be a smaller show in some ways and have more like <laughs> psychic girl tries to move up in, in elite private school is a funny enough premise for me. I don't need, I don't need like big bomb plots and shit, but that's not, everybody so i i'm i'm kind of i think i'm kind of in the middle because like i didn't hate spy family i i, I liked it i liked it i didn't hate spy family either just fyi <laughs> it is a worrying sign when the fourth episode is a recap of the last or even the third episode i think it's a recap of the last two episodes that we've just watched it's like what <laughs> when i don't even remember that don't you remember <laughs> the, the third episode there's a jokey Anya recap of what's happened. I don't even think it's jokey. I think it's literal. They literally start, started <laughs> off with a recap of the last three episodes. Like, we don't remember what happened. Well, even if that's the case, that's not something that carries through the rest of the series at all. That's also like, something that every single long-running anime has. Like, if I had a dollar for every time Bleach or Naruto would stop dead, to just be like, yeah. oh, by the way, if you, did, if you missed the last 20 episodes... Yeah. I think there's one thing you cannot mark against uh, Spy Family... Uh, it's that it continues. Like the production is good from production. Pro- oh, production's like, incredible. The animation is beautiful. The animation is great. It never really like it might stall in in terms of story because you just don't like the story. But I don't think it ever is like trying to slow mm-hmm. down to pace itself or whatever. I think no, it's, it's, yeah. it's constantly going forward. Um, and yeah. I, I feel that I feel that the best episode though is the one where they like squeeze in like two chapters in one like in the latest episode season. To be fair, I haven't seen season one, so in, in what, there was a break between season one and two, John, of like a season or two, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But like, yeah, that it's good, but I don't know. It just maybe because of the time slot, because the time slot is like an early like six o'clock ish show as opposed to sort of like anime being at midnight or uh, later. So it's a, it's 10:30 by the way, not 6 o'clock. Is it ten, oh, okay. I thought We've it had was... this conversation before. It's okay. <laughs> um <laughs> it's still before midnight. It's still before midnight. It's still it's still like a sort of a family show. So I I feel that like yeah, I I enjoyed it. I think that I I wish that your didn't just 
become such a side character. I wish there was more of her because she's great. Mm. And I wanted to see, like, we got enough. She does. Pardon? I don't think she does. I think this is a, this is another effect of the of the the slow pacing if you're watching it week to week. Yeah, because you see everything from Lloyd's view. Yeah, and you this rarely is... get a your view. You get a few episodes, but you don't get like yours. I would say it's balanced more towards her overall. Now I'm with Andy really? on this, which is a rare thing. Really? I, th- I think it's the two the two episodes where they play tennis and your isn't even in it. That's balanced more to your. Yeah, because she still has all the episodes before that. The episode where... Except for all the dog episodes, those are mostly Anya and Lloyd, too. The dog episodes... No, no, because she's following Anya around the whole time. She captures the terrorists and everything. She's heavily involved in those episodes. Every episode... But they're not really her perspective. Yeah, it's always from Lloyd's perspective. Like, all the voiceovers is from Lloyd's perspective. I think your is always stealing scenes, regardless of how many she is in. Like, she, she, like the te- you say the tennis arc, she's not in much, Andy. But the one bit I remember of that is her hitting the yeah. ball at um, Fiona. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> yes. that's my one abiding memory of that. That's your a good smash moment. and just slicing the ball into little pieces. Like she she's a scene stealer. Uh, or, and in season one, like the 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 bit which sticks in my mind of that fifth episode, which me and John were just. Uh, talking about when he got back into it is is the finale of that is after all this fighting she she's getting ready for the big fight and she just does this kick, roundhouse kick and then flops to the ground and it's just it's yeah. just so perfect <laughs> yeah. like that that's one of the best moments of animation in the, the past few years I I will I will die on that hill <laughs> and yeah no that is great but I think you're right it's she's a still still a scene stealer but she is definitely not it feels like the main focus it's definitely more on Anya and Lloyd um like and then yeah I, I i wish i just wanted to see more of you i wanted to see are an you episode. forgetting like her brother and every time he comes up she's heavily involved mm. and that doesn't her. count because her brother sucks um least funny character in the show also her brother comes in once in the second half anyway also fiona's great so i don't know why you hate her either i don't hate her i like fiona i think she's quite funny i i, I like i like the way that that whole arc is resolved when you know they have that sort of romantic date, which is again one of the best episodes. Like they have a nice romantic date, and then he's like, he is very sweet and lovely, and says like, Anya doesn't look at you like Fiona, like doesn't look at Fiona the same way you do. Like that was very sweet, very heartfelt. It felt like their relationship is getting closer. Um, and then the joke at the end where she forgets everything because she was drunk and he had to re-explain it, I thought was beautiful. I yeah, I like that one. I wish there was just more of that, like more of actually like them bonding more of them growing closer as a family uh, yeah i wish there was i wish there was less spy and more family honestly i wish it was it was family spy as opposed to spy family but you know bring on, bring on season <laughs> bring on season three bring on season four i'm excited to see more of it bring on the movie don't forget bring on the movie bring on the live action as well don't forget about that only if it's done by korea they do live action way better it's not i know very much not <laughs> andy up to you pop team epic season two moving on pop team epic season two it's, it's still good there's a hell shape yano episode which uh is the whole 15 minutes and it's an absolute delight i'll just say watch that and just ignore the rest because it's incredible i i don't know it's the same it's just the same uh moving on raven of the inner palace <laughs> okay fair <laughs> news, andy that that was concise that was concise as all hell yeah. bravo uh raven of the inner palace <laughs> Like I, 
I, I threw this out actually in chat, hoping to snare a John when we're talking about mysteries and stuff. And, and I snared a Ben, and, and now I get to find out how, to, how much he enjoyed oh, you it. You snared me as well. I know. I, I just like. Tried to snare me before I was watching anime. <laughs> yeah. It's just a nice show about like palace drama and like lightly fantastical, like Han China. I, I like it. All the characters are interesting. As you learn about the characters, their their connections and their history, you learn about what's going on in the palace. It's just, it's an excellent tight piece of like mystical fantasy palace drama. And yeah, I had a great time. I loved learning about like the, the like hidden structure of the Raven consort versus the emperor and the history and like different people's agendas. Um, it's a good time. It's a very confidently directed show that has an ending in mind, which is not always what happens in anime, especially not adaptations of anime. So, yeah, thank you, Duncan. I, I don't have, I have tragically little to say about it, but um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I had a great time. How far are you in, Andy? Oh, I only watched a couple. <laughs> that was a lot on last season. Come on, man! Like... Very true. Very very true. So, what what do, what do you feel about it then? Did you enjoy it or Cause it's I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you, I, but I'll, I'll keep watching it because this season is garbage. <laughs> I mean, that is a good reason to keep watching something. Like, I I really enjoyed just how quickly it resolved its mysteries. A mystery would come up, it'd get explained, and it'd get resolved. And it didn't feel like it was wasting my time, which I really appreciated in anatomy in that yeah, season. No sandbagging, no delays. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I've, also, I've watched a few episodes, and I'll also say that like uh, the fact that the mysteries are so supernaturally based still it doesn't hurt it in that it's still primarily about people and the supernatural element feels more like a homage to like classical chinese literature where there's a very mm -hmm. a very narrow you know a very fuzzy line between reality and the fantastical and i felt that it used that very well and the mysteries were still like very interesting and engaging and yeah i i will also continue watching the show i would be interested to hear your opinion on summertime rendering duncan and ben when it comes out when it is out now on disney Plus. yeah i'm gonna try and get around to that this season because uh, it is also a mystery oh, cool. i'm really enjoying it um shows which aren't about the mystery but instead about the grand uh, sweep of history. Um, we've got <laughs> Legend of the Galactic Heroes, the new thesis, uh, whatever they're subtitling this particular series. Um, I, this felt like a, a season where they were primarily dealing with the, the idea that they've built up over the past two seasons these two superhumanly gifted tacticians and they've been hogging the limelight. And what it's interested in in how that affects a society and a military, like how this cult of personality Reinhardt has built up around him means that he is starting to make mistakes because he's trying to do everything himself, whereas um, Yang, his more de demo demo democratically minded counterpart, seems to be learning to trust and delegate more and that it's, it's really just leaning into its like theming of um uh, democracy versus um authoritarian um societies at war and it was 
it was interesting to see that become more manifest in the characters rather than just like the the overview of okay this is the fashy society and this is the democracy society and that's it uh, it's it's just nice for it to have become more characters than just um window dressing yeah i mean the original show i think also was very good about like not just treating as self-evident of like democracy is more free and authoritarianism is more mm. is more restricted there is this idea that like that like absolutist single person government can be more responsive to crisis but it's more fragile and can often like run really hard up against the the limitations of the person who's in charge well yeah exactly what you said and i i'm glad that they carried that over into the new show because that's a it's a huge part probably the, the central thesis haha of the of the original ova so all right uh romantic killer a sort of surprise drop that mm. appeared on netflix watched it kind of kind of a whim uh ended up really enjoying it and then mostly forgot about it <laughs> but <laughs> the uh the basic gist uh it is a uh it's like a an otaku rehabilitation show at heart where a uh a girl named anzu hoshino has sort of sworn off the idea of romance and just wants to dedicate herself to like playing games and hanging out um and she is sort of thrust into the world of romance and dating by this strange like love creature called riri who sort of using their magical powers turns her life into a uh like a, a dating simulator basically uh all of these you know events start to happen to push her towards these three uh characters uh sukasa junta and uh, hijiri uh, who all sort of represent sort of basic uh archetypes of you know handsome boy you know love interests and despite it being so sort of like goofy and like high concept still manages to have a pretty decent emotional connection. You know, all of the three characters, mm-hmm. you know, manage to get fleshed out. You know, it's, it. I can't, I, I struggle to think of a better way of saying it. So I'm just going to say it like, it reminds me of Monogatari in that it sort of takes the, uh, like it takes like the basic archetype and then thinks about like, you know, how do we, you know, make this into, you know, how do we make this like more, like believable as a character? Like how can somebody like become like this? And I think the, you know, Sukasa, the sort of like, you know, the cool, tall, blonde, cool, you know, cool guy, you know, very distant. He is being like stalked by an adult, like, you know, congratulations anime on producing your first, like actually unappealing Yandere. Um, <laughs> and a lot of the whoa. drama of the, of the season. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Uh, a lot of the drama in the season re- result, you know, revolves around like, them resolving that like very legitimate threat of this like adult who is like perving on this teenage boy. Anzu, like, she believes like to a certain degree that these people are being like mind controlled by Riri, and part of the reason why she's trying to resist the whole thing, she calls herself the romantic killer because she's like, I'm going to like fuck this up for you. I'm not going to go along with this because what you're doing to these people is wrong. Like, I'm not going to let you, you know, bait me into like enjoying myself when you are like denying these people agency. But it turns out that like, she, like Riri actually has very little impact on their mental state. Like she's, you know, she can make 
events happen, but she can't make people feel things. And they sort of slowly realize, you know, they come together, they start, you know, forming those bonds. And it's just like a really nice, good, wholesome, more or less show that I was just really impressed by. And I really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, hate to always be the contrarian for a show that you like, Jeff, but I really didn't like this show. Uh, I think I watched more than I did watch Akiba Made War, though. I think I watched like five or six episodes. <laughs> I thought it was very mean-spirited. I thought that the way that Anzu's character came up and then uh, this annoying mascot character took away all of her belongings and everything she loves, I thought was very mean. Uh, I didn't like the the this that what was the um what was the little mascot character Riri. called again? That, that was Riri. the Every time Lily came up, I wanted to fast forward every interaction because I found it incredibly cringe and I found that most of the jokes didn't land for me. There were a couple of good ones, but I thought most of them didn't land and I didn't enjoy that. Also, well, I felt it was cheaply made. And I think the, the, the money spent might not have been there, but I they, the show, like the visual gags of the show, they kind of lean into the like the extreme end of like borderline Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it As when you know when Anzu would like freak out and you know her 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 feet would like you know whirl up into a whirlwind and she would like run down the street to sort of like cover up her you know badly cover up her internal uh, like emotional conflict and i know like you called that out immediately you said this looks like garbage and uh, you know that's you know I, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to talk you out of that because i was charmed by the exact thing that you hated so yeah <laughs> i really didn't like the animation of those scenes i feel that there are better ones done elsewhere like you can look at bocce and see how those similar sort of breakdown scenes have been done much better i, I mean You'll you'll note that I did not list the show in the top five best looking shows. Like I watched Bachi, I would agree with you that it was a fantastic show. I, no, no, no. I, and, and I, but I will also agree that I am a somewhat of a, a philistine. Like if you showed me individual instances of like the sizing being off and stuff, I'd be like, oh yeah, like totally. But I, it didn't strike me as I was watching it. I don't, I'm not saying that it's not there. I just I didn't notice it. I mean, it's interesting to me that uh, this is probably one show I'd class as being uh, most similar to Bocce, like in some aspects that it's, it uses 3D as a shortcut. And I think that's probably why you have some issues with it. But that also means it does some shots, which I didn't see anywhere this season apart from in Bocce. Like the the bit you lauded um, Bocce for, like using the camera along the, the guitar, it does similar shots and it's it's actually fairly adventurous with its direction. And as Jeff brought out, like it seems to commit to actually having some sort of emotional heart to it. Like Jeff jokes like, oh, making a Yandere unappealing is is like a, an achievement. But like they generally do make this this scenario feel horrific and trapping. And it's this is hyperbole to an extent, but it also has one of the few depictions of the emotional cost of um, sexual assault that I think is handled well in anime, like which mm. wasn't cliched, which um, didn't white knight, and which actually the character who was affected by it came out fairly well. And I think like that's a very that's a small victory, but it's 
it was yeah. a significant one. I haven't seen that bit, but sure, I, I will give you that. I, I will also say that I, you know I don't care about 3D. Um, so for me, it, well, that wasn't my issue. Moving on from a uh, from a dating <laughs> game to an otome game, um, show which no one watched but me, which is um, I'm the villainess, so I'm taming the final boss, which was a show which in 12 episodes did more than most shows do over three seasons. It speed ran its adaption, basically completing all the routes. First three episodes, last boss is seduces, yay. Second four episodes goes back to new school, seduces the hidden uh, heir to the crown, makes him her underling. Final four episodes, defeats another player who sees all the uh, people as disposable playthings for her amusement, and instead shows them that it's better to treat them as part of the world and emotionally invest in it and yeah that was it it was done 12 episodes it's three arcs bam 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 this was certainly an example of a bad looking show this was not a good looking show and <laughs> but it was fun and it was incredibly quick with its plot and like if you like um otome games you'll enjoy it probably just because it's so spot on with a lot of what it says but in terms of everything else Probably not much for you there. I feel like I shit on shows this season for being badly animated. I have no problem. Like I like Kimono Vents. Like <laughs> I, I don't. If there's something there, then I don't mind it being badly animated. That's fine. Um, but I felt that like, the shows that I chat on, I didn't think there was anything there. Anyway, no, you just. I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with like being someone who just doesn't like derivative stuff. I think that one of the fun things for me with anime is watching people play fucking Legos with tropes and <laughs> premises. And if someone's like, "Hey, it's the premise for Konosuba, but also the main character's been turned into a cat," like I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I like Konosuba. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's Princess Connect, right? He's <laughs> uh, kind of Princess Connect, to be fair. Anyway, Lucifer the Biscuit Hammer, let's get this fucking season done with. Yeah, I think uh, Lucifer the Biscuit Hammer, I watched the first half in the summer season, hour of the fall. Or yeah, summer season. I didn't have very many nice things to say about it. I said it was the worst show that I still ended up kind of liking. And I will maintain that this is the probably the worst animated, the worst like laid out, the worst scored, the worst paced show that I've ended up liking. I think that is 1000% because of the strength of the source material, which is a, uh, a, a sort of a sort of you know it, it was an early attempt at a deconstruction of like shonen fighting. You had uh, like a gigantic cast who all have powers, uh, who are you know fighting monsters you know monster of the week style but the you know the, they managed to have a lot of good interaction with the characters a lot of you know good little sub stories like a few like genuinely shocking deaths and the and, and and it was just like very imaginative overall where you know you have this conflict between these two gods like you know you have you know animal companions but it's not based on like the zodiac or anything like that it just turns out that you know these two gods are basically children and these animals just happen to be ones that one of them liked and you know it it, it was refreshing and really genuinely heartfelt but it's it really unfortunate that it was just burdened by this really god-awful uh, adaptation. I plan on going to read it. I recommend every anybody probably to go read it. Just the strength of the story came through this trash, and I 
<laughs> would like to in, I would like to consume it in a way that isn't like painful. <laughs> yeah. I think I mentioned it to you before, but I have read the manga and I agree. It's really fucking good. Um yeah. I'm really sad to hear that it's a shitty adaptation, which Yeah. I mean it happens. Yeah. It just means I won't watch it. Yeah. It's also worth mentioning this uh the guy who wrote it is uh Satoshi Mizukami, I think. Uh yeah. Uh, he yeah so you wrote that uh, it's also known for Spirit Circle which is another manga that is it's done and it's really good and in my opinion even better and I hope that they do that but do it good he also wrote uh, Planet With which was an anime mm-hmm. three years back uh, which was a good anime I indeed think. Uh, mm-hmm. like I actually did start watching Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer based on your enthusiasm for it you know years earlier when you were it was still coming out and I'm mm-hmm. I'm glad I stuck with it and I'm and I'll probably be glad to read it later yeah, yeah. wow best in peace fall 2022 you are one fucking behemoth. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't intend to be caught to be suckered into watching ten odd shows again. Like, thank goodness that Uncle from Another World. I mean, not thank goodness that poor studio has just been like cursed. Yeah, uh, we still don't have. We just don't know when the thirteenth episode is going to come out. The last episode of the show and Golden Kamui folded up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's <laughs> Gudetama and Rilakkuma came out, and I. I watched watched Gudetama. I liked it a lot. um, I wouldn't consider it anime, but yeah, it was very funny. I loved it. It was great. I haven't watched it all. Yeah, Um, Yeah, Relacuma was great too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's let's go ahead and take a break and we'll come back and do a lightning round of this season because I don't think any any of these shows have more than a couple episodes out. And most of them, in my case, are sequels. So (laughs) see you in a bit. And we're back. Let's do the winter 2023 season. Starting out, we have Serene, The Linking Shot. Uh, I watched the original show, which was, I think, four years ago, um, which is about a formerly like championship-level high school archer who got target panic, which is a real neurological condition that keeps you from like keeping the bow drawn until you're on target. Um, it was a very interesting interior study of him working through those issues and now we have season two where it's just a bunch of handsome bros who play archery together and there's like the good evil school that they beat last season and the extra evil school that they're going to have to play in in like the regional tournaments and yeah i'm enjoying it so far i kind of miss the like elegiac quality of the first season with like this character who's been defined by archery wondering if like he's just broken now and like will never get to enjoy something he used to love anymore um but then again we can't have all depressing shows so i kind of like the the lighter tone and focusing more on how like archery's fun and it's a beautiful sport and even like the soundscape is beautiful and of course the animation is beautiful given the studio making it so andy you're inexplicably watching it (laughs) Yeah, I knew Mids watched it and she really liked it and I saw the second season, so I stuck it on. It it was fine. I didn't watch the first season, so I couldn't really enjoy any of the yeah. characters. Um, but, you know, it felt like a normal Kyoani joint. Like, they're all good, good, pretty boys um, doing a specific sport. Yeah, I, I think not knowing the, like, extreme, like, trauma and doubt that the characters went through in the first season is kind of missing out but it's hard to be like go back and watch everyone be sad for 12 episodes and then you'll real you'll really you'll really understand what's going on here yeah i 
yeah, it, it also feels maybe like a bit of a problematic second season where they had a really strong idea for the first, and I think it's a light novel series. Um, mm-hmm. And then they're like, that was really good. Can you do more? And they're like, yeah. ah, okay. Uh. <laughs> it, it, it is interesting because at the end of the previous season, one of the things that happened in the final tournament with the good evil school is that like they freaked out one of the the good evil teams so bad that he got target panic. And he and so at the beginning of this season, he's like, yeah, I'm still working on that. Like I've gotten rid of it, but my my quick shot game's not back up to where it was. And so it's kind of nice that they still have these themes existing in the background while they kind of try to go for a lighter, less emotionally mm-hmm. complex, light, less meditation on trauma story which i don't blame again i don't blame them like you don't want to be free but super sad yeah it it feels weird though to sort of back away from what it feels like was the main crux enjoyment of the show to then be like well step away from that stuff yeah but i mean if that's where the if that's where the adaptation goes it'd have to go pretty pretty far afield to be like no and i'm also i mean another way would be like does someone else like get like a medical handicap that makes them unable to play? Like where would they go now? Yeah. Um, I think it'd be an easier thing to digest if this, if it was all one story, if this was more of a run with the wind two core thing where like mm-hmm. we work through everyone's problems and then they compete at the national level. Um, but that's where we're headed anyway, just with a four year gap between the seasons. <laughs> Anywho next um, speaking of gap, <laughs> this is not even, I can't even get away with that. Trigon stampede. Y'all have heard me for multiple episodes be like super depressed about the fact that Trigon Stampede is happening. Um, <laughs> this is a new retelling with uh, with new cast and crew for the most part of the story of the supernaturally talented pacifist gunslinger uh, on a distant desert world, deep space future planet gun action as the manga promises and. I think it's fine. I don't know. Um, I don't think they get Vash. I think they're that they don't understand like the goofiness and childishness of Vash like makes sense with his arrested development from his, again, trauma, 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 trauma this season, (laughs) I guess. Um, But yeah, but it's still like it's still like Vash solving problems with a single bullet or a single kick. And it's still like the ridiculously gritty world of uh, Norman's land, as they as they've decided to call it in the reboot. yeah, I don't know. Is anyone else watching it? You got you got like a little peep behind the curtain here, listeners. You got really mad that he kicked a thing instead of punching a thing. Like No, the- shooting. It's try gun, <laughs> not try foot. Well maybe in the original show. Foot, it's called Stampede though. Stampede. Oh yeah, there's the first yeah, there you go. There you go. But no, like in the original show, there's one instance where a rocket's fired at him and he like falls back and like like pushes with his foot as the rocket passes by to knock it off. But this was literally like flying spin kick to <laughs> a to a projectile. And it just it the shows how the gun of the body when you think about it. Mm, yeah, really. Isn't the isn't the mouth the gun of the body? Um, <laughs> or the no. penis is the gun of the body, I guess is the real the real truth. No, the penis is the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. Uh, no, it's you took it there. You took it there for the record. That was all uh, of you. <laughs> but uh, but no, I do. I do think it's just that there's a temptation to have these like incredibly amazing looking set pieces um, because they've got to justify this 3D animation. And so there's a, there's a lot of chases. There's a lot of like really crazy camera angles, and there's a lot of like improbable shit happening really fast. And like I understand it. Like I just. 
I don't like Vash doing a spin kick. I, I, maybe that makes me as old as with my Ursa Yatsura complaints. Correct. But like, Correct. but like, Vash, like I don't, I don't want to see any gunsling. I don't want to see Clint Eastwood do a spin kick. I don't want to see, don't want to see Seth Bullock and Deadwood do a spin kick. And he can't shoot a rocket. It will blow up. Okay. Like, he's got to kick it. I, I want to come in strongly on Ben's side here. The whole thing of Trigun is that, okay, Vash is a pacifist. He uses a gun. And that is a really hard thing to do. And the whole <laughs> appeal of it is him doing these extraordinarily skillful things to not kill with a gun. And if you get... if you. It's a lot easier to not kill with your foot than it is to not kill with a gun. <laughs> and I we think... All, we all watch Licorice Recall. You know you just get rubber gun bullets that explode in pretty <laughs> red patterns. I'm kidding. I I'm, mean, only, I, I'm only... I'm mostly... No, no, no I, know you're, I know you're trolling, Andy. <laughs> I, I don't... I, and I, and I'm, I'm actually happier where it's ending up. I'm still mad about, like, Millie. Um, and Roberto De Niro sucks as a character and is miserable every time he's on screen. I'm done with alcoholic cynics in... in is that not anime. in the original manga, that, or in the original mm-hmm. TV show? That, this is a, this is a 100% anime original character named Roberto De Niro. He is a, alcohol, a jaded alcoholic reporter um, who is trying to get a scoop just by following Vash around. They, they have abandoned the insurance uh, girl's premise, which was great. It was one of the great parts of Trigun. They've abandoned, like, the mystery of Vash's identity, which was also, I think, one of the parts. And they've kind of, like, not really gotten... Vash's energy. He's much more of a like a quiet, sad boy now who just is like huh. followed by tragedy, which I, I get. Like they're going, f- they they have less episodes. They can't spend the first half of a twenty six episode anime like pretending that Vash is not the stampede. But I don't know. Here it just it just seems it seems like a it re- it's it's very cyber uh, not it's very a uh, Ghost in the Shell sack. 2045 although hopefully it will end up in a better place than that because that was kind of a drive off a cliff ending but it does feel like someone really trying to adapt to modern stuff and there was an interview which i will have to dread to dig up on google and post about how a guy the guy said he was inspired by the marvel movies to like make this a more action-packed more like dramatic trigun see that's what a marvel movie's like andy (laughs) i stand by my comment you can stand by it as long as you're still wrong So yeah, let's uh, go ahead and move on to Vinland Saga Season 2. Duncan, yeah. do you have anything to say um, about this? Like, I feel like it's. I had a lot of issues with um, Season 1. And like, I, I, I moan sometimes about how uh, people shouldn't expect a faithful adaptation of a, a, a show and then got upset when my favorite manga wasn't updated faithfully um but I, I'm, I'm standing <laughs> by that hypocrisy um and i'm actually really <laughs> glad that this first episode was a transformative but emotionally faithful episode that a lot of the of a lot of what happened in this first episode was completely new um not didn't appear in the manga at all but it's as with trigun it has brought a lot of exposition and front-loaded it and i think that works well here because we have a bit of a time skip between season in one and two and as we are meeting back with Thorfinn, this uh, a warrior who we are going to see on his journey from being this revenge-driven psychotic fighter to some form of pacifism uh, it's been interesting to 
for them to acknowledge this is going to be a big leap for this character and to introduce properly one of the characters he's going to be spending the majority of this season with and to ground their situation. And I'll be really interested to know, Ben, if you felt like the way it was depicting this Viking form of slavery was at all accurate or if they just went, nah, we can use this for our plot. Let's go. I would call I would call it broadly accurate. Uh, slavery was, I mean, the way that Viking uh, culture within the old Norse societies worked is that you you go there as a trader, and if that doesn't work, you go there as a raider, and if that doesn't work, you go there as a slaver. These are like the the like tiers of fallback, and so I, I found it fine, and I, I generally like the idea of reintroducing the main character through the story of a side character who's existed all this time and just hasn't been involved yet uh i am kind of uh tired of neo-medieval grimdark aesthetics and i'm like i liked vinland saga the least when it's like man it really sucks to be alive right now and man it's it's suffering and people just get broken as a medievalist i kind of wish that there was more about like the the beauty and art and Mm. like flourishing of the period but i know that's not what vinland saga is about vinland saga is about people put under extremity i think it's similar to trigon in that respect too of where you have this character who's just put into an impossible crucible and we see how how he grows kinder even so yeah um after a, a long roundabout path through both his own cruelty and it's subjected to the cruelty of others i like that fine i just also was just like oh god so it's just gonna be an entire episode like with the the premise that yeah yeah slavery really sucks it would really suck if you had a nice life and then someone came and enslaved you um i've watched roots but uh but (laughs) this was fine i i don't know i i enjoyed it i'm happy to be back here it's i think gonna be less of like a goofy showed shown an anime adjacent like tough guys fighting sort of thing even though that the original show never was that but it'll be nice to come back for the season we'll see where it goes mm-hmm. i don't know yet it's yeah. been one episode talking about shows that i'm watching um <laughs> kubo and let me be invisible is the new show by uh pine jam which is a previous season favor of do it yourself i really uh i've read a couple of chapters of the manga and i thought this will be interesting and then i saw the anime coming i'd be like okay yeah i'll just save it and watch it from that uh unfortunately i really <laughs> got creeped out by this series it's about a guy called uh shiraishi uh who is invisible he can't be seen he's considered like a mob character as it were um apart from this one girl um called nagisa kubo who um can see him and likes to tease him and sort of is kind of infatuated with him. There's some good jokes at the beginning, like how Shiraishi uh, is so invisible, they thought he wasn't there in his end-of-year school photo, so they added him in in the top corner when he's also <laughs> just in the middle of the room. <laughs> and, you know, some of those jokes are quite funny, but then, <clears throat> to quote again my wife, she went, it's like watching porn. I'd rather watch porn than this show because it is so, like... Kubo is such a, a sort of like insert fan fiction, like adores Shiraishi to the point where she's like, I want you, to, I want to be your heroine, Shiraishi, which is the creepiest and weirdest and grossest thing that 
someone can say to anyone. Andy, uh, how would you feel if I told you that, that the connection you've drawn from a Pine Jam, um, from Do It Yourself to this, is not the one you should have drawn? It's the director you should have looked at. Because do you know what his previous work was? Enlighten me. Rent a Girlfriend. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> Which is also like porn, so it makes yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah. Do you have but... a vine boom sound on your little board there? <laughs> a lot of your criticisms sound like uh, you and Be- the times you and Ben have dunked on that show. But but the fair enough. I mean, going back to Ben Girlfriend though, the first season at least was was funny and knowingly like trash, but it didn't pretend it was anything. But this is sort of trying to be a sort of slice of life like healing anime but it's got this real sickly uh infatuation with kubo i don't know i was really looking forward to this show and then it it really kind of gross definitely gross mids out to the point she's just is like i hate this show um i was not particularly in love with it anyway moving on to something that didn't gross you out? <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, I feel like he put Kubo on this just to like <laughs> prime the pump for the show. <laughs> I another show that I that yeah. I, hmm, how do I like the the <laughs> fuck you? Uh, okay, t- 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 I'll take over was, for you. No, uh, no, so no, this no, is a show. Body no. my <laughs> is a show that I. Uh, say, say the full title. Say the full my, title. I'm now your sister, which is actually um, different from the uh, translation, uh, the manga translation of it, which is um, uh, 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 Oni Oni my Chan, Big Brother is done for. Onichan is yeah. done for. Yeah, um, it's a series about a who wakes up and is a woman, and um, I sort of had it pegged because it has ridiculously nice animation, art style, and uh, direction. It's just the same shame that the 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 core content is so skeevy and etchy, um, which yeah. is wildly at odds with the manga. So the manga is a web manga that has a very simplistic art style, and because of that, um, some of the hornier jokes where she he can't look at her himself naked because he's worried he's going to get turned on actually come across as funnier because they're one panel and then they're also so unsexualized it's impossible to find it anything but a good joke um unfortunately the character design is oddly sexualized in a sort of mitsudo moe way um if that if that makes sense <laughs> so the main... it makes sense to me and no one else <laughs> yeah like the, the proportions are just a little bit too so it's like every now and then you could like you can tell somebody is like suppressing bad bad intentions. by like what they happen to render a little too well and that's mm. this entire show yeah and i i should say like the manga made me laugh i actually read like a, a fair few chapters of the manga after the first two episodes and i was like oh this is actually quite funny and simply there was some jokes in onimai where she's like her sister who basically transformed him by making her drink him drink a drug uh they go to an onsen and then she gets, starts getting changed and is really nervous about watching his brother, her get changed in front of her brother. And then she, he just walks past and goes, I'm not going to be turned on by my sister. And I thought that was a really good joke. And I wish there was more of that. But unfortunately, there isn't. It's trying to have its cake and eat it 
Yeah, and and, what, and what's weird is that this is mostly like an otaku redemption show, like welcome to the NHK, like bottom tier Tomozaki. Yeah, because it's all about like, oh, uh, you know, here's this neat who was like completely overshadowed by his like mega genius Hakase sister, and like, and for like for a couple of seconds, they're like, oh, like me being turned into the little sister from the big brother has like freed me from these like societal expectations that drove me to be a Hikikimori. And it's mm. like, okay, so like this, maybe the show has got something going on, but I, it also spends a lot of time perving on the newly, you know, emotified like big yeah. brother. And it's really nasty. And I don't want to see that shit. Yeah. And, and I agree. I, I don't like that either, but I have a hope. I am, I am, this is like my wild card of the season. I am, I'm hoping that once it gets its gross, like sex comedy out the way, once it it's gotten the period joke out, it's gotten the boobs joke out, it's gotten the fact that she's a, she's flat chested, whatever, like all those disgusting shit. When that's gone, it's going to get into some good stuff. Like there are in the OP, there are four other characters that are not been introduced, which are all her biggest, her younger sister's friends. And I think that when they come in, I think the show will hopefully change to be less about um, female nudity and more about good, good jokes and nice times happening. So your theory theory is that they save the funny stuff for later and it's going to come when they add more women to the show. It's going to get less gazy. Because they can't, because the jokes are not like, the jokes are not like, Echi, like Echi, like Sukube, Echi Sukube. It's not like it's not like she's like jumping in and like landing in people's tits or you know like a brust, a gust of wind is seeing some panties. It's not that. It's like <laughs> it's it's all self-reflected horniness. And so if someone else is in the room, then she can't. Exactly she can't right. Pull herself up. Great. And awesome. It, it's Love like watching the show. I, I because there's literally nothing else on this. It's the fact that this is high up in my list shows how weak this series, this season really is. Um, but again, like the ending, so the ending, which uh, Duncan has mentioned is really beautifully animated. It's like 60 frames per second. Gorgeous. It, I mean, it's the lovely. whole show is very well animated. Uh, it's done mm-hmm. by Studio Bind, who did um, Jobless mm. Reincarnation. And I th- honestly think a lot of the problems I had with that show are also found here. And I, I know John um, found a, some of the early um, ways uh, that show dealt with um, uh, d- its depiction. A little pedophile? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Can't believe yeah, I'm change the topic to Nagatoro to make things less awkward. <laughs> yeah, um, finally, a, a good, wholesome show. <laughs> there's a second season of of Don't Tease Me, Miss, or Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro. Mm-hmm. Second Attack is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. It's more yeah. of the same. Um, yep. I, I think that Nagatoro has a tighter premise than Uzaki yep. did of where like she actually likes him and she just also likes teasing. And he is... Kind of like I think Andy, you, we literally talked about how like he is the most plausibly loser virgin of all the supposed loser virgins. I like hate. he just wants to hang out in the art room with his incredibly big titty senpai, um, who wears a bunny suit in the <laughs> latest episode. It's extremely over the top. Uh, speaking of kind of creepy fan service, but it's just a funny show about like what if the girl who 
you liked and who liked you was a scary delinquent with scary delinquent friends. But she really yeah. liked you at the end of the day. That's like the premise. It's yeah. great. Going it, to the zoo, learning to draw. All great. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the first episode, like I, it was like, again, classic, like second epi- season uh, episode where it just reminded you who the characters were. And I forgot what a <laughs> feckless virgin he is and how much I hated his existence when he couldn't even pat her on the back. And I was like, you fucking virgin, like, just, just fucking do something. Stop being such a, a weak shot. But then the second episode where they went to the, yeah, when they went to the, the zoo, I thought it was really sweet. And I think that there is some good moments in there and hopefully it will actually, you know, uh, escalate to something by the end of second season. Who knows? Do you think they'll kiss? Do you think they'll kiss? Maybe. Absolutely not. 1,000% no. <laughs> cheek kiss it feels like this time but but like the comedy at least is like again talking about uzaki like the comedy is better the comedy is pretty good in nagatoro i actually Mm -hmm. like yes i I laugh quite a bit at nagatoro mostly because every time that senpai is such a virgin i i just can't help but look forward to him being bullied (laughs) well i also think that like the difference between uzaki and nagatoro is that uzaki um is in denial to the point of being delusional while Nagatoro is just kind of like shy and a little bit immature mm. and like she'll mm. figure it out. I think that the sun would go cold before Uzaki figured out on her own that she's in love with Sakurai. Um, yeah. But I think Nagatoro is going to puzzle it out. I Maybe mean, I will be eating those words I, with a side salad at the end of the but season. I, but but who even, can say? yeah, even at the end of the first season, it was pretty obvious. Like the, when, when they went to the beach and he, she was just like, giving evils to all her friends being like don't you dare fucking like get close to him like i think she's well aware of his feelings towards him well yes um, and she also said when the most recent episode which i don't know if you've yeah. watched yet where they oh, he eavesdrops on them talking and they're uh, all the girls talking for various reason and they're saying like who they what they like about a guy and she's like i just like a guy i can hang out with and he's like but she hangs out with me all the time so i, I do think that she at least knows <laughs> that yeah 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 <laughs> stuff anyway let's move on yeah. to stuff that isn't good buddy daddies buddy daddies <laughs> which i keep conflating with super lovers which is also <laughs> not a great show like this this was a show which had like a really competent visual style looked great awesome and after one episode i felt no compunction to watch it again even though i quite yeah. enjoyed the first episode it just didn't uh, have any real hook to it it was just very it, to you it, it it was very derivative. It was very boring. It was an icky man, but yeah. with a uh, spy, spy family. Uh, I I fell asleep through the ending fight scene, and I woke up and it was over, and I was like, I don't care. Don't understand what PA Works are doing now. Like, this is literally a ripoff of Spy Family, but with hot men and a kid. Well, I think you just described what they're Did doing. Did Lloyd yeah. kill Anna's dad? <laughs> I know. And that's the, that's, the, that's the tension in this. That's their, that's their main plot difference. It, yeah. I also, I watched the first couple of episodes. I actually missed the fact that it was her dad that they killed. I thought it was actually just the, you know, the Kinpats do half of the... <laughs> of the of the ba pairing yeah the, um that's a really bad design decision that he looks so similar and i wonder if that's deliberate or not like is the kid supposed to be mistaking her, him for her, his dad because they look similar or is it just that someone's got two character designs and they've lazily used them twice i thought i thought there was one character who had long hair and then he tied the hair back and then he looked different 
Is that not no, two different? That's not the one we're talking about. I just imagine it's like the Watamodi situation where the guy can draw one face, <laughs> and they're like, "Fine." But it's it's back. It's the Bakano uh, uh, character designer, and so yeah. he's obviously had range there. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad looking show. I just think, yeah, it's. It is an anime original. I'm I'm going out of my way to watch anime originals this season, for better or for worse. So I'm probably going to stick through it just for that fact. But yeah, like I don't think it's a bad looking show, but I think it is definitely like suffering from like we need to hook people based on just a you know like a, a key visual and a three sentence blurb to watch the show and if people think oh this kind of sounds like spy family then we can work with that and then maybe we'll do something more fun with it later on but like in the first couple of episodes like yeah like it's it's basically just spy family without like the interesting like mid-century kind of aesthetic talking about a spy thing that isn't as interesting as spy family spy classroom um when i watched the first <laughs> episode it's a show about in a world where everything's full of spies um they a, a genius spy the best spy in the world um, creates a classroom where other failing spies from around the world um, come and try and be spies. Uh, it was really, really bad. Um, for a start, I don't think they really know what spies are because they just seem <laughs> to like destroying things and shooting things and then blowing things up. So they're um, terrorists. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, and also it's not interesting. Like Every character design you can tell its trope from looking at it and i didn't care for any of it um i didn't care for any of the character development i didn't care for the main guy i was just like this is like the only reason i wanted i put this on was because i thought hey it, it might be good and there's nothing on this season that i want to watch um apart from near a tomato um or near autom automata uh, <laughs> automata automata, automata. Yeah. near Everybody just ignore him. Near, one if you point, ignored him, it would have been... Anyway. Yeah, near Automata... <laughs> damn it. Near Automata, version 1.1a. Uh, <laughs> this is a series uh, that is an adaptation of the video game. Uh, mm -hmm. The first season was pretty much one-to-one, -one, like the intro like level. First episode. Yeah, like the whole first yeah. episode was basically just... The entire like mm. one to one. The second episode, they start branching out a little bit, and like I'm still very curious about this because I love the video game. Like I will go to bat for that one. Yeah, I love Yoko Taro's work in general. I also, and so I know he is very mischievous and tricksy with what he likes to do with his stuff. And I'm assuming that they're because. In the first episode, like I was saying, very much just a straight adaptation. And then in the post credits, they go into like a little mixed media thing of like a couple of like puppet versions of the characters explaining like the various different endings of the first game. And it gives the impression that this is going to be like at the very least in conversation with the fact that the other game exists and it's going to be either showing mm -hmm. different angles of it or different versions like it does not seem to be just a straight adaptation so i have i'm interested in it i'm here for more near automata yeah so I, i'm yeah i'm excited does it look good i look well I was, this is the thing i hmm, yes when it's hand it again, when it's hand drawn it's beautiful like the hand drawn stuff is beautiful and i love that however there was when they're in the um the mech suits and they're fighting uh they're, they're fighting the um like the, the the machines 
Yeah. Like the mech, then they're in the mech suit. The CG, they are both like, you can see um, 2B and 9S in the mech suits and it looks terrible. And I don't understand why it looks so fucking ugly considering the fact that they've got a game which already has 3D models in, which looks a lot nicer than the 3D models they're using in this anime. It's absolutely baffling why they've done that. Um, yep. it, yeah, that looks garbage. But yes, it looks it looks really, really nice. It looks gorgeous actually like yeah most of the time (laughs) yeah most of the time and i like there's uh again in this season the second episode they sort of have which i think is in the game i can't really remember but there's like a lovely bit where it's very like hand paper crafted sort of like um characters explaining like the law um voiced by like robots um Mm -hmm. yeah the first episode is the first two playthroughs sort of merged together um and i was like i was actually gonna not bother watching the second episode until you told me jeff that it's not the same um i don't think i think it is pretty much the same but yeah there is a really fun sweet adorable moment where you just watch robots planting flowers and i thought that was really sweet oh, man i thought you were gonna say you watch robots fucking because that's immediately in my head. <laughs> i mean that also i think might because there's a part in the game though where that, that happens. happens in the game. Yeah, yeah that does happen. Right. That that is in the crucible bit is in there. They have they have shown that, but instead of them fucking, they're reading, and I imagine they're going to get to fucking in a bit. Um, like yeah, it's oh, hell yeah, it's it's some of that robot dry hunting. Yeah, and and you know what, that bit was hilarious in the Automata. Like it was, <laughs> but I I hope I, it is noticeable that Yoko Taro is marked as the series composition. So hopefully he is doing something and he is getting involved. Um, because yeah, yeah like the joy of the game is the way it plays upon players' expectations of what a video game is. I really love that. And I love the new game plus thing when, when people, it's so hard to explain near Autom- automata when people are like, I oh, have to play it like four times. I'm like, you're not playing it four times. It's just the story you see from different perspectives. And I, by even just saying that, it feels like it kind of ruins the joy of near automata. Um, yeah, I, I really love the game. Um, I wasn't too hot initially on the adaptation. I don't understand why they've done it. And I, I hope that I get, I prove wrong on that. And I hope that it does do something. Um, but you know, it's got how many episodes, 12 episodes or people don't know 12 episodes and hopefully it will do something. I, I I I'm looking forward to it. Uh, cool. Moving on, um, Toma Chan is a girl. Uh, oh, that's me. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, another adaptation that I think a lot of people were apparently looking forward to. Toma Chan is a girl is a manga based on um, where a girl called Toma Chan confesses to his her friend um and that she has a crush on her best friend and then her best friend fobs her off because she's he believes she believes he can't see her as a girl because she's into very manly things like karate i've never seen a girl into karate (laughs) no um well she wears spats as well uh yeah i i actually quite like this um i think the adaptation is is really nice i think the comedy is pretty good I I like all the characters and uh, Mids, Mids is a big fan of it too. What has anybody else thought, watched, thought about it? I was a bit disappointed by how it felt like it's had such an obvious like forcoma rhythm to it. Like it mm. was it very, there was so, so often it would be like, here's the punchline 
and now a new scene like or here's a little visual joke and now the next scene like yeah i i wonder i wonder um duncan if you would feel the same way if this show was two seasons ago before bocce the rock because i feel that that is kind of no it, everyone it, yeah but I, I do feel like this is more more obvious than most. Like I'm not not saying like that. That's I, that's I don't a know. I, I think, thing, but it, I, it, I feel that I feel that there's not. It's not like Umaru Chan, like where Umaru Chan is literally like punch setup line and then and then an interstitial like fade swipe and then another joke. Like that is literally for. I think I think it's a bit more stitched together more than Umaru Chan um is mm. so i, I don't think that. it's the worst adaption at all i think it's pretty good actually i think the animation's pretty solid uh, i think the characters are characters pretty are well good. placed and the joking the jokes always land for me i think there was that weird bit at the beginning that we commented about of season episode yeah. two where there's like a groper on yeah, the train yeah that was definitely a bad uh, interpretation of sexual harassment which was yeah. not handled particularly well um but then second half <laughs> of the episode we had um carol introduced who who is the uh, clearly the best thing in in the show so far who is just this yeah. this sort of we don't we, we're not entirely sure if her cluelessness is put on or actually real but she's this uh Clueless blonde who just basically decides um, um, Tomo is her arch enemy after one a conversation where she thinks her fiance is interested in Tomo, and from there on, it's right, you're my mortal enemy. I will hunt you down. <laughs> and then by Which, the end of the episode, you're my best friend. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. She realizes, oh, you don't actually like my friend. Okay, we're not enemies anymore. Goodbye. Yeah. Although <laughs> he likes her, I think. Oh yeah, there's a there's a triangle. There's going to be triangles yeah. all over the place. Um, another interesting thing about Carol is that the voice actor uh, Sally Amaki is voicing her in both the Japanese and the English dub. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty neat. Oh. So they've um, actually got a, a they've actually gone for oh this is a half a half American half Japanese student and actually got someone who can do both both languages. Good yeah, for them. It's cool. Yeah, I I I think it's very um, I think it's very good. Uh, I I'll probably end up being my favorite this season. Um, another show about man, uh, about martial arts though is Epon again. So yeah, it is just another martial arts show, but it is a show about actual real martial arts in the same way. Uh, yeah. Uh, that um, your archery show is a show about archery. It's 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 about cute girls doing a thing, except this thing happens to be martial arts, and they are not bothered uh, there's no sort of none of the um shaming of them for doing an unfeminine thing that um happens in tomo chan instead uh, it's just shown as like this really positive th thing which they find that's not entirely true like it deals with that in the in the first episode like the protagonist is makes a lot of comments about oh she's she started only doing this because her big her big brother did and she she got she got his hand-me-down uniforms and she just kind of, of fell into it and she's fed up of, of being seen as like the sporty girl and always being in this sweaty uh karate gear uh but by the mm. end of the episode you it gets across that Okay, she actually has slowly but surely learned to love this this thing and and finds real joy in it, and it's got absolutely loving animation of of the fights and some really good character design. Like, um, yeah, it, it's it's resident glasses girl 
it ha has an extremely good smug look. Um, it's shown off to great effect while literally kicking the legs from under one of her friends. I'm really looking forward just to having a amazingly animated show I can watch and it not having anything skeevy or um, <laughs> I don't have to put an asterisk after it. I can yeah. just, just watch this and it will be um, beautiful and well done. And yeah, that's that's just yeah. all I can and all I will say. Yeah, I I completely agree with everything you're saying. I really enjoyed it. Um, I also just really like the way that the art des the design is. It kind of reminds me of like uh, Oyasumi Pumpun or mm. like Dead or Dead Death, Demon's Death yeah. Destruction. It's like a very very like constant pencil line sort of work to the way you can sort of see every single individual line being coloured as opposed to like a block colour, which I really liked. Uh, I think it's good. The lighting reminded me a bit of Akabi. Um, maybe I'm... Yeah. Maybe, I, I don't know. Um, Shall we move from here on to Handyman Isekai, which I think me and John have both watched. Um, I really mm. enjoyed this. It was like, like speaking of things which have just like a really obvious gag format, here's a situation, here's how they resolve it. It's funny. This was that. Yeah, it's like... It's like multiple minute long uh, uh, sketches. Fucking sketches. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Uh, just for our whole episode. That's all it yeah. is. There's no over There's no over overarching story or anything yet. I don't know if there will be. I would assume there will be. Um, I like it because it's like how to make a D and D character because it's just like a character with a weird trope to him. And then they do something with that. Like I love the wizard with with like, <laughs> yeah, he's great. The memory problem. Like I can't remember the, his the names of the spells. I mean, like it's just funny. Good gags all around. Uh, the the last one that was introduced in the second episode, the elf and the priest who the priestess who likes to well, she gets real real into the wounds on the elf when she heals him. Real weird. Yeah, it's 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 good though. Like as you say, it's it's like how to write a good. Um, subversion of a trope. The the wizard who is basically looks is basically the the the. the he looks like Gandalf, yeah. but he just can't remember how yeah, to he, cast he, spells. He, he like raises his staff, the sh light shine from. He's 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 about to cast the biggest thing. He's like, I've forgotten the words, and it's like. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and like the the main draw of it is that the main character is the handyman uh, who came from an came from Earth right into this mm. fantasy world, and like. He feels more at home here because people actually appreciate everything he does. Um, and I guess they'll do something with that eventually. But right now, all they're doing is just these sketches, like we were saying. Uh, it's kind of weird to have an isekai that's really just not about being an isekai yeah. at all. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which sounds kind of refreshing in many ways. Do <laughs> you have anything to say about Revenger, John? Uh, it's cool. Swords, samurais, and uh, they, got, they kill with style. That's fun. <laughs> what what do you mean? What do you mean by style? Like the style, you know, like the the leader of the revenge revenger group uh, takes like a piece of gold paper and like puts it on dude's face, and then they can't breathe, and then they die, and then the gold paper uh, disintegrates. Oh man, it's it pretty looks fucking cool. cool. It's, no, it's that, fucking that's weird. that's what I wanted to. Uh, and then and then the little girl uh, kills with kites. Uh, yeah. Kills with kites. I mean, you know, Andy just wanted to hear some rad kills. Honestly, he just wanted some 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 sweet kills. Yeah, it's just kind of. <laughs> yeah. No, but I fun. mean, like, like it, it could be it could be like stylistically 
interesting or like yeah you know, the, the, the main character when he the... when he kills someone like he he like screams but he screams in this really high pitched but like not like not like a girly high pitch but like ah! and then <laughs> charges and just like cuts somebody in half or whatever it's the funniest scream i've ever heard like associated with uh like a killing move i don't even i cannot emulate it that was not even close to it um and i can't okay. describe it either it's just weird and funny uh but anyway, yeah, it's just the show they kill the style, and also I guess they work for the like a god. There, it's weird. Whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Too too hard to explain that world. <laughs> it is a weird world. It's kind of like how John Wick has its really. Oh uh, yeah. But like the hotel and all that lore, it 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 uh you know it establishes, which yeah. is actually really cool. I really like that about John Wick. But it kind of has that going on a little bit. Right. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So, um, the ice guy and his cool female colleague is what if one Sunday liked another Sunday? It's an office romance where half the office staff are descended from mythical beings. So, the ice guy is obviously the main one. He's descended from an ice army. There's a fox girl. Uh, there's oh, the head of the office seems to be e Buddha. And the best joke of the first episode was that everyone thinks he looks like Buddha. And despite the fact that they all know they are descended from mythical creatures, Everyone then thinks, actually, no, he can't be. He's not, he he's the one exception, and that was actually kind of a good joke. Everyone just refusing to believe the the one most obvious of them all. Um, it's okay. I can't, I don't have much more to say than that. Um, yeah, it all depends on whether they can, if you'll forgive the pun, get past the glacial pace and actually find some drama to move it forward. Because at the moment, it's a kind of be uh, beautifully ambient thing to. Uh, sit in and watch for like 20 minutes and relax but there's absolutely nothing to it um something which um conversely uh seems to have a lot going on and it's moving pretty quickly is saving eighty thousand gold in another world for my retirement uh which uh is i'm two episodes in i'm i know john you're a fan of the manga i'm not sure how if you've had the chance to watch the anime yet i did watch the anime yeah uh specifically because you mentioned it uh, otherwise i probably wouldn't have realized it was happening so it's, but yeah it's it's pretty good adaptation so far they skipped out a little bit on her killing a wolf by sh punching into the wolf's throat so that it couldn't fully Ooh. bite down and then stabbing in the neck i don't know why they didn't show that on i mean that but anyway um... what, what is it what is the show about so in short a young girl uh, falls off a cliff and gets transported to another world but it t turns out <laughs> as her like special powers in that other world is that she can travel back and forth between that new world and her old world from any uh, location she can remember her decision is i would like to live in an easy life and therefore i'm going to take advantage of this providence that god has given me to go between these worlds and exp and take items from our world and sell them in this other world and become rich and live an easy life but the obvious problem they're kind of like gate i don't know i've never seen that? gate no no, okay. Gate is about uh, uh, Japan waging war on fantasy world. This is not that. <laughs> I thought that started off with them trading, though. Did that know how the gate start off, and then it turned to war? No, it started off with a war. <laughs> I misremembered. Yeah. No, Gate is about how awesome the Japanese military is. That's yeah. what Gate is. Yeah. <laughs> Am I thinking of the right? That show? does remind me of my one, um, like minor. I don't know if it's a concern, but just like its direction on the, the second episode, she does seem to become rather fond of guns. John is like, <laughs> like it's like 
Um, I'll say that uh, up to where I read the manga, like she uses the gun as self defense. She does okay. not use it to be all powerful. Um, and like she also like tries to have a conscience about like what she sells. She doesn't want to sell things that are gonna disrupt the world in bad ways. That kind of thing. Uh, she acts as responsibly as you could expect someone to act when they have that kind of power. I guess I would say. Um, okay. Yeah. So she does that training for self defense, and I, I think it, as far as I read, uh, that holds up. Okay, well. that's good because like she did seem to to get into it quite quite a lot. It was like, okay, I've 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 used my gold from the other world to to hire a private military contractor to teach me the armed combat. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny. This little that yeah yeah little girl yeah, going that, up to uh, a private, military that, camping, being like, okay, teach me guns, please. That PMC uh, continues to stay present as well uh, throughout the story. Fun stuff happens. Okay. Yeah, it's good. I'm looking forward to watching more and probably rereading more. I don't know if it, the manga has been translated officially or not, honestly. Mm. If it has, I'll probably start buying it now because I'm back to buying manga again. Moving on to another isekai, uh, we've got second season of Bofuri, which I think you have watched as well. Um, I love the first season. Not an isekai, it's an M just a VR MMO. It's not an Actually, I guess, yes, yes. Uh, this is this is back in the olden days where we had things where you when you went to a, a video game world, it, you weren't trapped in it. You just went there. You went there for fun. And, and yeah, <laughs> and that's what they do here. They they go to a video game world and yeah. they have and fun. Yeah, I am watching it too. I mean, it's amazing that that feels refreshing yeah. now. <laughs> like it's 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 this this they've took away the the, the stress from this situation. It's 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 wholly about just having a good time and uh, uh, enjoying it with your friends. And I think it get. Why do I have a lot of Korean manhua for you? But <laughs> <laughs> I, I I actually like. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, Bofuri is about a girl who plays this VR MMO and she doesn't want to get hurt. So she just puts all her points in defense and ends up becoming super powerful because the game designer is not balanced for it. Oops. Uh, that's kind of a common reason I bring up Korean comics is because that's a very common uh, thing. Okay. Like, I've got a long list of <laughs> comics that I read. My favorite, my favorite one is The Strongest Florist. He wants to be a florist, but he's allergic to flowers so he doesn't do it in real life he does it in the mmo ah. and ends up being okay like... i might actually you might actually get me to read a manual with that john <laughs> like, that's a that's a that's a fun conceit uh it is it's a good one yeah yeah anyway my point is uh that's a common thing and i also enjoy it it's just a mmo it's just kind of fun to be in you know it's a video game so there's no real stakes to it and the characters yeah. are just having fun it is it is a very relaxing show um speaking of a true isekai but not actually a true isekai at all. A subversion of isekai. Um, we have <laughs> the show which I've actually found most interesting this season, which is Endo and Kobayashi Live, the latest on Sunday Villainess... Li oh, fucking hell, I can't pronounce her name. Lies li Lotte. Who knows? Um, I'm not going to try that again. The whole idea is that this uh, boy and a girl are playing an Otome game together, and so they suddenly realise the characters can, can hear them. In fact, just one character can hear him, the the main prince. And they've been discussing how the, actually the best girl in the, in the show is the Sunday villainess and how they really want her, and him to get together with her. And he sees, he hears them and thinks of them as gods. And so uh, the, sh the show's premise is how do they try and get him together with her while avoiding all her bad ends? And also those two obviously 
seem to have a romance going on with themselves as well so you've got it's a two-tiered romance you've got romance above and romance below and so i i think it'd be fun seeing them working out their own romantic feelings for each other through through doing a let's play through an otome game i yeah. swear sometimes isekai is made up by an ai machine <laughs> <laughs> but this one sounds interesting i mean it's no different than slice of life right like you're just taking the trope the genre and inserting different tropes into it and seeing what yeah, works yeah. and doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Combining uh, premises and settings and genres. It's just exactly, yeah. recombinations ad infinitum. That is anime. Yep, except yep. for when stuff like Odd Taxi comes out and then you're like, oh, anime is real. <laughs> Odd Taxi was... But, but then you stop watching anime for three years. Was It was that real. Odd Taxi was that fucking back. real. Um, <laughs> but you're back now. You're back now. <laughs> yeah, but where's Odd Taxi 2? It's coming out. I think it's Odd Taxi oh, 2 wait, got what? announced. <laughs> um, okay, well, I was joking. I didn't even... I don't want an Odd Taxi 2. <laughs> no, no, no. No, you called that into being, John. That's, that's... I mean, I'll take it if it's good. I don't... I just I, was like not expecting that to be real. I can't imagine it will be as good as Odd Taxi 1. Um, but Yeah. Yeah, if the if the movie does well, they they hope to make a season a 2 or 3. Yeah, that was a movie. Oh. It, was just, it was just season 1, but shortened. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and call it there. Tune in next month. We will be talking about the final Gretzko season. Remember, rate, review, and subscribe to us on the podcast platform of your choice. Find us on Facebook, Keyframes Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Keyframes Pod. Email us questions. Tell us things you'd like to hear us talk about. Keyframespodcast at gmail.com. And most of all, tell a friend. But not just any friend. If I were you, I'd tell the friend who hasn't watched anime in four years and we've been constantly <laughs> bugging him to come on this show and talk about anime because he's our friend and we love him, but he's refused. Um, but yeah, I'll Tune in I'll next ask time him. for when Andy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> love you too, babe. <laughs> I, I would just say to tell the friend who shows up on your podcast and has a completely different opinion about one of the marquee anime of the season and you feel makes you feel bad about how much you crapped all over it in previous episodes. <laughs> That's just me, though. I mean, I, goodbye, I, everybody. I, I, <laughs> goodbye. Bye. Bye.